What's going on, Sergio? How you doing today? Hello, everyone. I'm doing good. You know, I'm, you know, I'm uh, healthy. That, that little intro there, the little picture between you and Dara, I think mm. uh, we're going to have to do like a little animation where there's a little heart yeah. and then it cracks. And off. <laughs> I guess I'm not <laughs> getting invited to the Valentine's Day party. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so either. Um, I blew oof. my chance. <laughs> I don't know what's... Oh, we, we got a nice big show for you guys today. I don't, I don't know if anybody had the chance to read... Uh, Len Sherman's part two article uh, that just launched earlier today, and it's still up. It's still up. I just looked, so there's no no problems there. Um, but we're gonna be breaking that down later. But ooh, ooh, shots shots double fired. I gotta say there, and um, a nice little snippet from uh, your participation in his quest to uh, uh, you know try to make people aware of what's going on. Uh, Uber's Uberland essentially. So uh, we got a lot to talk about there. But let's uh, let's do the rundown. What we got for you today? Um, special guest today. We have Daniel Ocampo of NELP coming on in just a few minutes. Uh, he's going to be talking about what's going on with the uh, the whole thing. Uh, the 339 pages. Hopefully, will be broken down in uh, just a few minutes for you guys. Let you know exactly what's going to happen, what changes to expect, if any, and all of that good stuff. Uh, we're going to be talking about, yes, Len Sherman's second article dropping, and uh, we're going to be talking about that, what it is, and uh, link is going to be in the description below, so if you haven't checked that out yet, you can, and it's titled, Will 2024 Be a Year Reckoning for Uber's Driver Relations? Uh, so check that one out. Uh, it's it's a big article, but there's a lot of great information. We're going to break it down, obviously, right here on Show Me the Money Club. Uh, also, we're going to be talking about employee versus independent contractor. We're going to go over what you guys had said and uh, indicates. Then we're also going to be talking about how Mr. Sergio right here uh, drove this weekend with 100% AR. Mr. Ant, question yeah. is, how did he do? We're going to be talking about that, uh, his results there. We're also going to be talking about Lyft uh, putting people still in timeout and still sending well. threatening emails when canceling for legitimate reasons. So too many people in the car, uh, children with the without car seats you don't feel safe all those uh still putting people in timeout and uh canceling uh with emails going out which is a real pain in the ass there uh then also we're talking about how lyft is copying uber again for it's busy out there go out and drive emails and notifications uh i did get one as well and i uh was trying to open it up but unfortunately uh it was only like a little notification it's like oh it's busy out there right now because we had a snowstorm uh, so yeah, <laughs> there's that. Uh, and then I open up the app and guess what, Sergio? Yeah. There was no surge. There's no time. There's nothing. Yeah. I'm getting uh, that a lot. I'm getting that a lot lifting. from, yeah. I'm getting a lot from Boston, Chicago, snow everywhere. There's no surge. Utah, this driver was in Utah. I'll go like, I don't know what's going on, but you know, we'll talk about it. Uh, and then, you know, I was watching, or for the Bills game and all that, uh, it wasn't, wasn't really that much surge. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what they were talking about. I think they just had to like a uh, send out email to everybody saying, Hey, get out on the road. Cause, uh, it's oh, snowing and we want people out there. Um, but the reality is you oh. really couldn't in my area cause everything was shut down. Um, but then we're also going to be talking about another glitch on Uber. Why isn't period three showing up in the trip summary on shared trips? Uh, we're going to do our fun little game, Cash or Trash, and then we're going to end with some facts and funnies. Uh, so we got quite a big show for you. 
And just a couple of quick announcements before we get into our special guest. Uh, I just want to remind you guys that uh, we have a new membership uh, tier out there. So if you'd like to support the channel, uh, you can. There's different tiers. Uh, actually, Sergio and I will be doing a private live stream with our uh, members who are of that tier. Uh, Lee, I think next week we have that scheduled. So um, yeah. if we'll, we'll fill you guys in on the community uh, tab there. So make sure you stay tuned. And if you guys want to join, uh, support the channel, then you can. Also, uh, there is a link in the description for the free newsletter where you can get more information, more things uh, that's going to be broken down, things like that, right from the rideshare guy. Uh, so make sure you sign up for the newsletter there. All right, Sergio, you ready? Yes, sir. All right. Well, we have uh, Dan Ocampa on, and he is from the NL NELP here to talk about uh, this ruling on the uh, labor uh, on the DOL rule. Uh, Dan, thank you for joining. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here with you both. How are you, Dan? I'm well. Good, I'm well. Good. So, um, I, I, I'm gonna. Uh, am I gonna wear my uh, Uber shirt and lift hat on the on March 11th? What's <laughs> happening? So, a lot of people, you know, were are confused. There's a lot of information out there, and most of it is incorrect. I'm pretty sure. And you know, we want to know. I mean, you're you're the man. You're you. So first, introduce yourself, who you are, what you do, and then we'll get into it. Great. Um, so I'm Dan Ocampo. I am an attorney at the National Employment Law Project, NELP, um, and I work on a lot of these issues and work with a lot of groups of driver and uh, delivery driver and rideshare driver, um, drivers who are organizing um, and work on policy campaigns at the state level and, and some of this stuff at the federal level as well. Um, so, so I, you know, I wanted to come on and talk a little bit about this rule um, that was published last week by the US DOL and really focus on what it does do and what it doesn't do. Because as you said, Sergio, there has been um, a good amount of sort of, I think, disinformation, misinformation um, yeah. circling around. Um, yeah. so, so what this rule is about is who is eligible for um, rights and protections under one federal statute, which is the 1935 Fair Labor Standards Act, um, which is the federal law that sets a minimum wage, federal minimum wage and overtime protections. Um, and so what this rule does is it makes some modifications to the legal test, legal test for determining who is an employee covered and eligible for overtime for minimum wage um, and who is an independent contractor that is not covered. Um, and really, those modifications are a restoration of the law as it used to be a few years ago before the, the, the Trump administration's rule on this issue. Um, right. So what it doesn't do is it doesn't affect in any way directly um, rights and protections under other federal statutes, which is to say the you know the right to organize, unionize under the National Labor Relations Act, um, health and safety protections under the OSHA Act. Uh, nor does it directly affect anything under state law, workers' comp, um, paid leave, unemployment insurance, or any state minimum wages, which um, tend to be much higher, or in many states are much higher than federal minimum wage. Um, so it doesn't really directly affect any of those things. Um, all it does is determine who. Who is a worker eligible for federal minimum wage and overtime? Yeah. So let's let's make sure that people understand. This is a federal ruling, right? And the you know, just like Dan just said, federal minimum wage. You all know what the federal minimum wage is? <laughs> seven bucks, seven and a quarter. Is that something like that? Yeah. So all of you are our community is 99.9% drivers. So if you're not making seven and a quarter per hour, uh, I think you're in the wrong business. I think it's time to go flip some burgers. Um, but uh, so, 
you know, that's why I think, you know, these companies responded in a way that, huh, oh, hum, I don't think it's going to make a difference. We're going to run business as usual, right? So let's talk a little bit about um, the six guidelines or six items in this ruling one by one and which one sounds like we may actually be an employee and which one doesn't sound like we may actually be an employee yeah and let me just say quickly that yeah i mean federal minimum wage is pathetically low it hasn't been raised in 15 years since 2008 um hasn't been adjusted for inflation which is why it's so low um but you know i think the the you know if you want to take a positive view of this kind of rule the basic idea is that you know rideshare drivers, delivery drivers are workers who should be guaranteed some kind of pay floor at the yeah. federal level, at the state level, some kind of pay floor. And although this pay floor is pretty low, it's something. And then, of course, you add in overtime protections, which, you know, I can go into in more detail later, but um, which can be meaningful for workers who are working 40 hours a week um, or more than eight hours a day. Um, but just to so to, to answer your question, um, so the way this rule um, sets out the, the legal test it is a, um, you know, as you said, it's a 335 page document. It's really long. And a lot of yeah. that is going through this legal test in pretty exhaustive detail. Um, but basically it asks one fundamental question, which is, is the worker in business for themselves, truly in business for themselves as an independent contractor, or are they dependent um, on the business of another? Are they dependent right. on an employer for that business? That's the question that it's trying to ask. And it goes through six different factors to try and get at that question. Well, according to that question, usually the question that that was asked is the um, driver in our case uh, in business for themselves. Uh, yes, and the other one is is it controlled by the employer? Or I mean, yes. I, I mean, I, I can't do without Uber, right? Without Uber sending me clients, but I, I'm I am in business for myself. So let's talk a little bit about those six points. Under yeah. That I think you touch on exactly the tension that runs through this and, yeah. um, and it's difficult to figure out. So, so the six factors, um, the first one is, um, you know, opportunity for profit or loss. So true independent contractors should have the opportunity to increase their profit or to make a loss. Um, and that should come from something other than by just working more hours or taking more jobs, but by some kind of managerial skill, they can imp- increase their profit. That's a basic, a basic feature. So um, that's, that's the first of these factors. The second is, investments um is the worker making capital investments into building their businesses investments that are comparable in some way to the investments the employer is making and that's not just tools of the trade that you you know things that you need to buy in order to do the job but actual capital investments to grow your business um so marketing things like that um the third factor is the degree of permanence um so is the relationship between the worker and the employer like a long-term continuous indefinite relationship or is it project-based, sporadic, and non-exclusive. So if you think here about like a plumber who comes to fix your sink and then maybe your shower six months later, you know, that 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 looks like an independent contractor. It's sporadic yeah. and project-based as opposed to um, a janitor who cleans the same office building every day. Um, they look much more like an employee under this factor. Yeah. The fourth, which you previewed, is the nature and degree of control. So does the, the employee, the potential employer, control the conditions of work? Um, and the conditions, some of the conditions that they look to, it's like scheduling, which, you know, we know a lot about, but supervision, price setting, and the ability to work for others. So it's sort of asking the question, like, are you setting your own prices? Are you determining what good or service to sell? Can you hire other people? Um, are you determining who you enter contracts with? Um, those are the kinds of questions in determining whether, whether the worker is controlling their own conditions of work 
or whether they're being controlled by an employer. Um, so if you think about like freelance journalists, I know this is a big issue, freelance writers who don't, you know, who don't want to be covered, um, you know, if they're working whenever they want, um, you know, without basically any supervision and setting their own prices um, and writing for whoever they want, under this fact, they would pretty clearly be, I think, independent contractors, true independent contractors in business for themselves. Yeah. Um, the fifth, the fifth factor is um, asking whether the whether the work performed by the worker is critical, necessary, or central to the employer's principal business. Um, so, yeah. I mean, in this case, it's pretty pretty difficult to deny. You know, the central business is taxi rides. So, the work performed is pretty. No, no, they're they're software companies. They're not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really a stupid argument that I've had that made. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, if like if you think about a pizza shop, like an electrician who fixes something at a pizza shop is an integral to the principal business of selling and making and selling pizzas. But yeah. the pizza cooks or the delivery the delivery workers yeah. are central to that business. Yeah. So that's the fifth. And the sixth and final factor is skill and initiative. So does the worker possess specialized skills that they are using to build a business? Um, yeah. so, you know, you think about security guards and call center workers who may not usually have specialized skills, but freelance journalists, freelance writers, um, pretty clearly have a specialized skill they're bringing to this that they're using to build a business. Um, yeah. So that's the sort of the overview of what the legal test is. Um, and a court or an agency would go through those six factors and would kind of see how they weigh out and then would make a determination based on the totality of the circumstances, based on everything that, that has come forward, whether the worker is truly in business for themselves or dependent, um, dependent on another for business. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I'm in California, so I lived through AB5 and Proposition 22, which I'm living with Proposition 22 now. Um, under the AB5, the ABC test, right? It had three factors, but then um, in these six factors, um, does one weigh more than the other? Does one take precedence like it did with the AB5 situation? Or it's just basically, because to me, from what you said, out of the six points, Daniel, I think three pretty much apply to the rideshare driver. Three, probably not. So how does that decision going to be made? Like, if I, I believe three have definitely applied to a rideshare driver. So how does how does that decision going to come around? I mean, I think it's I think it's you know I don't want to speculate too much. It's difficult to say as you say it. Like you know you can see um, you can see reasonable decision makers coming down differently on 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 different of these factors. But clearly, several of them suggest that under the current business model that Uber, Lyft, DoorDash, et cetera, have. Their workers are being treated more as employees than as true independent contractors who are in business for themselves. Um, and it's totally possible that, you know, in a in an agency determination or in a court ruling applying this test, that that's what they would conclude. There is no, there's no single factor that's more important than any other. Um, okay. It's really just like, this is sort of a, a guideline for, for going through this test. So it's difficult to predict. It is di quite different than the the ABC test, which is yeah. what was used in '85. It has been is, is you know applies in, under Massachusetts state law and in some other places, yeah. um, and that's because that test takes a starts from a presumption of employment status that the yes. employer then has to disprove, and they can only disprove that by showing each of three factors: the A, the B, and the C. And if they can't show any of those, then they lose, and the worker is an employee. So right. that was a sort of more a stricter um, yeah. and less flexible test than this one. Right. So now I understand why these companies are not panicking and why their stocks did not tank when this ruling came out, unlike it did last 
September uh, when the rumors were around that, yeah, the ruling is going to come out and we may all be wearing, you know, Uber shirts and lift hats. But man, this time around, it didn't work out that way because to me, from what you're explaining now, uh, I don't think they have much to worry about. But, uh, you know, I mean, look, we, we, we're a 99.9% rideshare driver centric channel. And we do run our polls and surveys. And, you know, we did run one. We're going to talk about it once you leave. But let's talk uh, quickly about that. I mean, we ran the poll. 85% of our viewers want to stay independent contractors. It's, I mean, that's, that's pretty overwhelming. And um, so my question to you is, we don't, do we have to worry about, uh, you know, being employees under this rule period or where do you see this going what do you see what do you, look march 11th is only a couple of months away so where do you see this process going do you see this as legal battles raging for a while what do you think what is your prognosis well maybe just to, to take what you said at the beginning there um you know i saw the poll you put on your website and it's in, and it's interesting and um you know that a lot of workers would a lot of rideshare drivers delivery drivers would prefer to be independent contractors but that they also feel that they're not being treated as as true independent contractors currently um but i guess my sort of response to that is that i don't i don't think the, the it's really the right question to ask you know whether okay. drivers want to be independent contractors or employees nor is it really the question that this that this rule is trying to ask what it's asking is um do some subset of workers including rideshare drivers delivery drivers are should they be entitled to a federal minimum wage and overtime okay. if they're not currently receiving it. That's the question it's asking. And in order to get there, you know, you have to make this determination under law to apply this statute. But that's really the question that this is asking. And, and as you said, it's it's 7.25 an hour. And then for hours worked over eight hours a day or 40 hours a week, it's 1080 um, or 1.5 times whatever the hourly wage is. Yeah. So so really the, you know, the companies should only be worried if they are regularly paying workers under the federal minimum wage or not paying, you know, and or not paying under that overtime wage rate as well. Um, so that's the only reason I think they should be worried. And, um, yeah. and I would hope, as you say, you know, that that's not regularly happening and certainly under this rule that it, it shouldn't, um, in terms of what to expect. So yeah, you said the, the effective date of the rule is March 11th. So that's when it goes into effect. Totally possible that that will be delayed. There are legal challenges that have already, that are already underway, um, from industry groups, um, that are suing the federal, the Department of Labor, saying they don't have the power to do this, or you know whatever arguments they're making, that may that I don't think will ultimately be successful sort of on the merits, but may be successful at throwing sand in the gears and slowing down the actual rollout of the rule. Um, but even then, when the rule goes into effect, nothing is going to change immediately. It's not yeah. self-executing, so it requires DOL to actually enforce. So it has to go off to specific employers that it believes are misclassifying its workers and paying under the minimum wage or not paying overtime and bring a case against them and litigate that to resolution before anything will change in any specific industry or with any specific set of workers. Um, so again, you know, I, I think that the timeline for this is a little, is a little longer than just March 11th. Okay. And, and, uh, as far as, um, obviously we, we, you know, we talked about a timeline, we talked about the six points that involves, you know, the companies and, and this seems like, you know, pretty loose ruling actually to me. I mean, if they wanted to squeeze these companies, they probably could have squeezed these companies a lot more. Uh, but I think part of it is because there is no Department of Labor secretary out there. There's a uh, Julie Sue out there who's like a nominee. She hasn't been voted in yet. 
and even her own party doesn't want that. But I mean, look, that's that's a political thing. Um, so, okay, so for our audience and watching later, you know, calm down. You're not going to be wearing Uber hats and lift shirts. Don't worry about it. Not at the moment, anyway. Um, so, um, you know, I'll give you the floor for the last few minutes. Give our audience some advice. Give us, um, I mean, you do organize. Obviously, you help, help organize uh, communities, driver communities, or worker communities out there. And um, I personally think, okay, and, you know, next week we're going to have Malda on uh, Minnesota Uber Lyft Drivers Association President Ida Lee and hopefully Senator Fatah, who's supporting that. I think our fight has to be, look, I love the Seattle model. Chris loves the Seattle model and Washington State model. I think it's really, du we can duplicate that city by city, state by state. What do you think about a, a proposition like that as opposed to, uh, you know, everybody under one umbrella in a federal, you know, in a federal rule. Yeah, I mean, I I'm a big fan of of Molda and what they're doing, and Eid and Senator Fatah, and there's you know a bunch of different groups in different states and cities, as you say, doing doing similar things. And you know, we have a really a really good set of minimum pay standards in Seattle, at the state level in Washington, in New York City for rideshare drivers, and then a separate one for delivery work food delivery workers that just went into effect um and you know legislation moving in massachusetts connecticut colorado um dc a bunch of different places yeah. um and you know i'm 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 totally supportive of those efforts and you know nelp is is involved in those um and you know i i think the basic principle is just that rideshare drivers and delivery drivers obviously are being underpaid right now and yeah. should be entitled to some kind of of pay for um, I think, you know, the, the model in Seattle and New York City is a really good one yeah. and I think should be replicated um, and, I, and it creates a really robust minimum pay standard. Um, but I don't I don't think there's anything to be scared of of having a, a federal minimum wage that sits beneath that. It's just that the current federal minimum wage is is so low and has been so low um, that it's, you know, it's 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 a little less meaningful right now. Okay. But you if. Know, if I mean, if our audience has some questions for you on the side, because chat's flying, I'm not paying any attention, but I'm sure people are asking questions. How do they reach out to you? If you know, uh, how, how do they reach out to the NELP? Um, you can you can look up our website, but you can also totally reach out to me by email. I can I can drop my email maybe in the chat somewhere. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, go. You can drop it in the chat for sure. Uh, but you know what we'll do is we'll also uh, put it in the show notes when the okay. when the live is over. Uh, look, people, this is an important question, and hopefully we answered all your questions. So don't worry, you're not going to become employees yet, unless you want to be, unless you're in the 15% who wants to become employees. I mean, look, 15% said they want to become employees. I, mean, I certainly don't. I don't think Chris does. <laughs> uh, I want to stay independent. Just, honestly, I, you know what? I, I've been pondering this, and I want to really? know what a rideshare employee would look like. What would that actually um, look like? Because that, that's the thing. Nobody knows what, it, what you're basing an employee off of what we know as a like a McDonald's worker or something like that, um, probably scheduling, those types of things. But the reality is, what if it wasn't like that? What if it was something different? Um, I I'd just want to see what it would be like, and then I can make my decision based on that. Because the problem is, you know what the model is currently as quote unquote independent contractor, but the reality is they're trying to do what they can in order to subvert that as much as they can by having the most control over you. And yes, it probably does falter over the uh, uh, 
full territory of being an employee versus an independent contractor. But the reality is, what would a true employee uh, model look like as a rideshare driver or food delivery worker? What would that really look like comparatively to, you know, something that we we see at a day day in day out job nine to five something like that? I'm sure it's probably going to be different. That's why I want to know now, because then that way we can base our decisions much better on what we're yeah, I mean, we, you know we have we have had that in new york city when they first when the tlc pushed the ruling and they said you can't log on anytime you want anymore you know you're just i'm uh, going to give you a schedule and just like an employee you come in at a certain hour you can log in and now they're doing it with the delivery workers in new york city you know they're they're going like look i think my my thing is because it's an app-based system it's so new only a decade old i think it's going to be like okay you take every order you're active, you're active pretty much all 60 minutes. You take every order, you're getting paid a minimum wage in New York City now for couriers is, is you know, uh, 26 bucks or whatever it is per active hour. You take every order, $2, $5, $10, it doesn't make a difference. You get tips, great. If you don't, no big deal, but you're going to live with this. And I think that's what the model is going to Same for rideshare, Chris. I think you're going to take every trip just like I did this weekend. Take every trip. That's it. You know, and if you don't make it, we'll top it off for you and uh, you get the difference. What do you think, Dave? Well, well, I was going to say, I mean, I, I, I forget exactly how it works, but I believe that Revel, I don't know if you've had any beyond for Revel, yeah. you know how Revel works, but I believe well, we're going to have the CEO on actually in, in probably next month. Yeah, because that's a sort of an, an EV focused rideshare company that definitely exists in New York. And I believe that they have drivers who are who are employed as employees. So so I think, you know, maybe that's the answer to your question, what that actually looks like. Um, and on the delivery side, I know that in New York as well, you know, Relay, which is one of the food delivery yeah. apps, it doesn't have a consumer facing side, um, has, you know, scheduled shifts. And, you know, I think it's sort of different strokes for different folks, but I know that there's a lot of workers who, who actually prefer to deliver with Relay because, you know, it's, it's uh, they know when they're working, um, they can sign up for three or six hour shifts, they get paid a little better. Um, so I think, you know, there's, there's reasons to be optimistic that, you know, you could, you could have a different model that would actually work pretty well and wouldn't be some kind of dystopia in which, you know, workers are getting squeezed, forced to work very specific hours and all, um, you know, and, and, and so that's, that's sort of my two sets on that. Um, yeah. well, um, yeah, I think, you know, this, this is going to go on, obviously, uh, you know, we'll, we'll bring you on again after March 11th for an update of what happened actually. We'll hold you to your uh, predictions. <laughs> uh, and uh, but no, thank you for coming on, man. Much appreciated. If there's anything you want to add, please go ahead. Floor is yours. Yeah, just say you know, follow those those state campaigns that will be coming. I'm excited that Mulder is yes. coming on, and you know, to drivers out there, I think the the number one thing to do is just to be involved with any any sort of local organizing in your area, your city, your state, um, because that's really the way to get these companies to listen um, at the fight for whatever it is that you want to make this work good and to make you know this a good job that, that you can sustain yourself with, um, which is, I think, pretty basic. Um, yeah. But, you know, so I would I would encourage that. And, and yeah, I certainly look forward to, to being back on at some point. Well, thank you, Dan. Much appreciated. Um, here's Dan from NELP. If you guys have any questions, we'll put the link in the show notes. You can directly email them or go to their website and get your questions answered. Thank you, man. Much appreciated. Thank you both. Enjoy the rest of the show. All right. Thanks, Dan. Have a good one. All right. So that is uh, straight from the horse's mouth. Uh, Probably no real changes uh, when it comes down to it. So it's a lot of hype and uh, not really too much to worry about if that's 
something that you were worried about. Um, if you wanted to see more, well, <laughs> you're going to have to do something different. So um, thanks, Dan, for coming on. We appreciate that. And uh, yeah, Whew. what do you want to yeah. add? No, I mean, I, I think, look, I, I honestly think um, not much is going to change. I agree with Dan completely. And even if it did, these companies are going to spend a boatload of money, tied us up in courts. And, you know, March 11th is two months away, but I wouldn't worry too much about it. And the fact that, you know, I didn't understand why these companies did not panic initially. But after I had the private conversation with Dan, before I invited him on the show, he said, sir, just about 725. <laughs> then I go, oh, now I know why. Because everybody should be making 725 an hour. You know what I mean? So yep. I go, okay, now I know why. All right. So don't panic. Hopefully you're all making 2725. It's supposed to 725. And, and yeah, uh, so don't panic. You'll be fine. You know, so you'll stay independent contractor. There you go. Yep. And uh, we would just want to say, uh, John, thank you for becoming a member. Appreciate that. Um, yep. And then, uh, yeah, we've got uh, quite a bit to talk about now for you. Uh, we have a huge huge new article that just dropped earlier today and um ooh, really interesting uh, i don't know yeah. if anybody had the ability to read it yet or not um but this is round two of yeah. professor lynn sherman's uh scheme i i don't i want to call it scheme but um realizations i'll say of uber and their operations when it comes to drivers uh squeezing pay when it comes to pay decreases um lack of transparency, a lot of things there, a lot of things that we've talked about uh, on the show before and uh, a couple of different models there. Uh, so this is round two. Uh, again, it's on Forbes. Link is going to be in the description below. So if you want to read the article in its entirety, then you can. Uh, we're going to break it down. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about it. Uh, and it was titled, Will 2024 Be a Year of Reckoning for Uber Driver Relations? And, uh, well, you know, if if the, if he had if he had uh, titled this um, a little differently, uh, because last one went viral. I don't. I'm not sure if this is going to go viral, but this is something that, by the way, you know, I'm quoted in there, but you know, I can't thank our community enough because all the proof that we've been talking about for a month, Chris. Okay, um, EV shaving, surge shaving, boost shaving. You know, all these things that we're talking about, how the base fare is being manipulated and, you know, moved up and down if there is surge on a trip. All these things are in this article. And guess what, people? It is your screenshot. This article came to fruition because of you people, right? This is what we can do together. And I provided him with all the screenshots. And they're yours. They're not mine. Not from my personal trips, but they're from you guys. And it's all over the article. Look, the article is a little bit too long. Like, it's a little TLDR. Um, it's about 15 pages long. And if he had, you know, titled this article, Chris, uh, is Uber CEO going to get his $50 million bonus on the backs of the drivers? This would have gone crazy, right? So, again, as we know, in, in anything, you know, thumbnails and titles are important. Some That's why some videos do well, some don't. But we will talk about that. And, you know, I want to thank Len. I mean, Len was on our show three weeks ago after, or four weeks ago, whenever it was, um, after his first article that went up and back down and went up. Now, uh, unfortunately, Forbes articles sometimes could be behind a paywall. 
um let me explain to you how you guys can get away with the not, you know reading the article first of all go copy and paste the url then go to a website called archive.ph paul harry and paste the url in the box click on it i am sure this has been already um put in there uh previously and you will be able to get around the paywall and read the article it's long but it had to be long because there is so much that's wrong, Chris. It's it had to be oh, long. Yeah. And and honestly, I couldn't thank our community more because without you guys, this article wouldn't have happened. Without a question, it wouldn't have happened. Because we have the proof, we have the stuff that's going on. And this should be um shared by every single driver. Like there's I don't know, 300 of you here. All 300 of you are on social media, all 300 of you you know, are on some sort of Facebook group. All 300 of you are on up.net or Reddit. Please post the link of this article. This article has to go and be read by as many drivers as possible because this is from the heart of the driver. And uh, I want to thank Len. I mean, look, you know, we worked on it together, obviously, to a point. Um, he, You know, I wrote a paragraph about my thoughts about where the rideshare game is these days. And, you know, there was one line that I said that I think sums it up pretty much. It was towards the end. Look, these companies are built by the literal blood, sweat, and tears of the drivers. And the respect that we get as rideshare drivers from the C-suites or executives of these companies are nonsense. It's bullshit. You know, if you guys don't want us to complain, pay us better. And it's everything in the article. I mean... I think he did an amazing job with the article. Is there a part three? I'm not sure. But I think let allow this, you know, this one to get digested. But again, please, please share it. And, it, you know, I told you how to jump over the paywall situation. And, um, you know, I, I thank the community. I mean, uh, I appreciate it. And that's why I keep him coming. Sergio at the rideshareguide.com. And here's one of the, you know, screenshots. Um, you know, these are our trips that you guys have sent me. How they lower base fare and how the rebalancing actually is not actually rebalancing, okay? Because they sold this as rebalancing, Chris. There's no rebalancing. Long trips are getting cut by 20, 30%. Short trips are about the same. I mean, I did trips this weekend. It's a cut, even on the short trips. And medium mm -hmm. trips are a cut of 10%, 12%. So if I'm getting cut on all these three, you can't, as a company, Uber, come and tell me this is rebalancing. Because for the last six, seven years, every time I heard, you know, easy to understand, rebalancing, you know, consistency of earnings, I run the other way because it's a rate cut. It's been a rate cut. So to me, you know, proof is in the proof is in the pudding. And I don't know. Let's see if, you know, last one, remember, Uber came up with a rebuttal the next day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's see if they come up with this one because there isn't much to, to say about this. This is reality. You, you know, um, everything has changed. The game has changed since upfront fares. And, yep. you know, so, yeah. So I'll let Chris do the rest of it. Yeah, and I mean, uh, a couple of things we, we've talked about quite extensively on the show throughout the two years of doing the show almost. Um, but, I mean, the big thing was that he that you you alluded to was talking about the, the, re, the rebalancing. Now, um, prior to this massive little uh change when it came to your uh minimum fare what was your minimum fare before the last couple of weeks what was it 375 375 so that first ride that he's looking at because he was using la rates yeah, that was our, yeah. 
which would say it says $3 on that first one. So even if it shows $3, that's still a rate cut compared to the 371 because it would be a minimum fare ride. So it would actually be exactly the same. It would be yeah. exactly the same pre or post, but he because he wasn't putting that in there. Uh, so that was one thing that I do want to point out. So even though it shows that it would be 27 cents higher, in reality, it wasn't because the minimum fare would keep it at the same. Um, but then talking about the the medium, uh, the medium one was a dollar nineteen difference uh, lower under upfront fares versus that uh, the old time and distance, and then the long trip was fourteen ninety eight. So almost fifteen dollars right there has completely gone away. And I mean, <laughs> like just think of how much that would be. So it was thirty six twenty nine, fourteen or fifteen dollars. You're talking about a third of the fare just gone, thirty-three percent cut right there, and that's what they were saying about thirty-three percent or about thirty percent lower and about thirty-three thirty percent higher. But the problem is, your short trips naturally are lower to begin with. So, are you going to raise it to a minimum of eight, nine, ten dollars for a minimum fare just to equal the balance? So it's like that's something that I, I don't. I mean, we we didn't really talk about it. Maybe it flew under our radar in terms of that, but it was still something that that was on on it. Um, well, it's in the you, article, you know, it's in the you article, like, you know, if I do one long trip and eat 15 bucks, how many short trips can I do to have that oh, yeah. rebalancing happen? You know what I mean? It's like, uh, it yeah, he make... says you have to accept over four, 50 short trips to compensate for the pay cut. I mean, uh, think about it. On that single long trip. Yeah. So, so all this focus focus stuff, you know, it's all this focus. Crazy. I mean, and then, um, you know, just kind of going towards the end, there is a couple of actions that he's calling for in this. That's why, um, yeah. you know, he, he sets all this up. He provides a lot of information. That's why it is so long. But, you know, there, there's just a few points that he hits on that he's calling for. And uh, I think that's that's good to talk about where it's establishing yeah. more uh, open and responsive channels of communication with Uber's driver's community, including regular, regular comprehensive surveys of driver satisfaction and monitor the impacts of company policies, town halls, and vastly improve dealer support services. Too many drivers do not currently feel heard, valued, or respected. Uh, that's something where we talked about they put out a poll uh, several years ago at this point that they allude to saying that, oh, the driver community is very uh, happy. But then yeah. we ran our poll and there it says how many percentage people are 71 percent, 71 percent were unhappy to extremely dissatisfied. So yeah. and but, then the other well, one, yeah. one other point that we raised was. Yeah, you're probably getting a lot of disgruntled people on our poll, but you're also getting a lot of scared people on their poll who are not going to answer it properly because they fear that there could be some sort of retribution by answering negatively because they yeah. think that their answers are going to be tracked. So they're yeah. probably going to actually start going higher on their polls. So I'm going to, to call out Uber's own poll by saying it's skewed positively when ours is probably skewed negatively. And I would say probably somewhere in the middle is where you're going to see the true actuality of of how yeah. satisfied or dissatisfied drivers actually are. Yeah, I agree with you. And and you know, look, it's not our polls are not scientific. Couple three thousand people vote on it, and you know, Uber said that already. They said you guys are full of shit. You know, it's, it's, it doesn't mean anything. We have three million drivers. I'm like, okay, do your own poll. Send it to us. Let's see what they look like. Because last poll you guys ran was 2020. Uh, that's four years ago. A lot has changed in the last four years, Uber. Do your oh, own yeah. poll. You know, Especially get your own, get your own 300, 400,000 votes. Yep. 
And then, uh, you know, the other thing he's he's calling for is uh, to be more transparent, honest, and communicating how Uber's business practices impact all companies, company stakeholders. Uber CEO can't just declare perfect transparency. He has to earn it. Drivers quote in the article reflects dissatisfaction of a large segment of the Uber drivers and his own experience perceiving that Uber is not being straight with them. Uh, it's Uber's responsibility to understand and address current sources of misunderstandings, distrust, and demoralization. Um, that was talking about like deactivations um, yeah. and you know just the overall sentiment. Oh, I mean, uh, yeah. Reinstate minimum uh, mayor ma- bleh, minimum mile and minute pay year, pay rates to eliminate these type of trip offer highlighted in the article, which he's talking about where we've talked about like the shaving, whether it's EV shaving, upfront tip shaving, um, all of these different types of things that can roll in. Um, you know these surges. A lot of that is is rolled in and eliminating almost the base fare entirely uh, just to add the bonus and to make it seem like it's attractive when in fact uh, you should should be getting paid a lot more. So um, he talks about that and then accelerate collaborative, collaborative efforts with government agencies seeking to improve other aspects of driver work conditions um, using uh, Uber's own survey highlight areas of greatest driver concern, including safety uh, sick pay, deactivation protections, improved support services, and faster dispute resolution. Um, so they're talking about a lot of things there. So, yeah, um, yeah it was a, a really good article, like I said, overall. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, a, look, it's a long article. Again, please, is, the link is in the show notes. Go click on it. The way you get around, Steve. thank you, Steve. The way you get around the archive, I mean, the way you get around the paywall is go to copy the URL into archive.ph box and then you should be able to read the article if you're on a paywall now i want to touch this for a couple of minutes chris um when uber went ipo in 2019 september of 2019 um the banks had or or the investors had given uh thank you michael the the investors had given dara koshashrai who was the ceo of uber um a bonus structure okay the bonus structure was that he would receive 1.75 million shares of Uber as a bonus with a cost price of $33.75 as an exercise price if if the market capitalization of Uber stayed at $120 billion for 90 days on average, okay? Uh, I think, uh, and we know after that what happened, obviously, 2019, 2020, the pandemic hit, stock never got to $120 billion market capitalization, but Len did a fantastic job. It's in the article, towards the end of the article. You guys look at the chart on the left, okay? And he points out with, with pointers how important those dates are, okay? And if you guys look at what's happening now, um uber stock has been above 60 so uber has 2 billion shares outstanding a little bit more than that so they have been for the last at least 30 days that i know of they have been stock uh, market capitalization has been at 120 billion or more so he's one month into it okay when i say he the ceo to receive this bonus um so let's calculate quickly if it stays like this for another two months, and this deal, by the way, will expire September of this year. So this deal was given to him for five years from 2019 when the company went IPO. So 2019 to 2024 is five years. So by September, 
on average, if Uber's market capitalization stays around $120 billion or more, he's going to receive 1.75 million shares of stock at 33. Well, if he sold it the same day at 60, assuming it's at 60, that's a $55 million bonus. Now, his salary is already there. This is just an extra when the company was going IPO. And my concern with this is that, you know, until that happens, um, he gets his shares because it's expiring on September, in September. And what's going to happen is that charge as much as you can, pay as little as you can, it's going to continue. And I think, I mean, I wouldn't want to let go of my $50 million bonus that I'm sitting on. All I, all I have to do is go on for another couple, three months, and then I'll get my $50 million extra. And, you know, I, I mean, this needs to be told. And this is on the back of the drivers. I'm not going to, you know, sugarcoat any of this. I would like to have the $50 million myself. Uh, but since they control both sides of the marketplace, they're able to charge as much as they can, obviously, with certain price elasticity and pay as little as they can. And I think they're going to accomplish that. So for the next couple, three months, I don't see much much changing, Chris. Um, and plus, market's oversaturated. I mean, they had the natural tailwind anyway. And uh, seasonally, it's kind of slow. So drivers are going to not have a good time until this guy gets his 50 million bucks. And, you know, that's it. And and is there a direct correlation? Yeah, because if you guys look at the chart, on to the right of the chart, uh, Uber basically, Uber stock bottomed at $21 a share when upfront fares came around, which was right about September of 2022. And since then, stock has gone nothing but go up. And Len's previous article proved that upfront fares has been a rate cut. And I'm saying it is a rate cut. So uh, go read that article as well. And along the way, you know, uh, rate cuts are happening and Uber stock keeps going higher. And um, I, I, I don't see much changing over the next few months until, May, you know, I, I only know, by the way, of this package that he has. I'm sure there are other executives who have option packages as well. And, you know, they're going to get it and they're going to hold the stock where it's at, at $120 billion market cap to get it. So um, there you go. That's my opinion on that. Yep. Pretty, uh, pretty coinciding of, you know, the last few months and all of a sudden it's starting to get right up there, especially yeah. right after, you know, you see that uh, widespread U.S. rollout of upfront pay and it yeah. kind of stays there until you start seeing some pay cuts and then all of a sudden more pay cuts and look where the stock price is right now. So, um, yeah. Well, the more uh, pay cuts, you know, the more pay cuts the drivers are getting, the higher the stock is going. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, if I, don't, if I have to pay less while I'm collecting more, of course, there's more profit that's going to be involved. And what does that directly tie to? So, I mean, yeah. couple that well, with, with any uh, any possible hike or uh, instead of Fed hikes, you know, if they start decreasing things, that's even going to help them out more. So yeah, that's a good question. Know. Sergio, how can you have a rate cut when we don't know what the rate is? Um, to uh, similar trips sure. that you compare before the look, this is not, you know, by the way, this is not a rocket science. The way... Uh, um, Professor Sherman did it in the article. He compared LA rates to what is being offered under upfront fares. All of you in all your cities, there's three, four, whatever, how many people, 400 people here. All of you should know what your rate card was before upfront fares. Mine in Los Angeles for three years before upfront fares was 60 cents a mile and 21 cents a minute. In fact, we talked about this with Chris on, a, on an episode. You know, we put up a whole bunch of cities with the, the rate cards, remember, Chris? And yep. we were shocked that some of them were under the IRS mileage deduction, like LA, right? 
And yeah. uh, so at 6021, it's pretty simple. So to answer your question, if there was a 10 minute, 10 mile, 30 minute trip in LA, I knew exactly what I was going to get paid, meaning 60 cents a mile for 10 miles is six bucks. 30 minutes at 21 cents is six dollars and 20 cents. So six plus 620, I was going to get 1220. Well, with upfront fares for that trip, now you're getting 1150. Well, that's a 50, 70 cent haircut, right? That's how you're going to know. That's how you, you, we calculated all the screenshots. If you have a long trip, 30 miles and an hour, I knew exactly what I was going to get paid with a rate card. And you can compare it, right? You can compare a trip you receive right now while you're sitting in the car, 10 mile, half hour trip, and dig, dig out your uh, you know, rate cards previous to upfront fares, and you can figure out if you're getting a rate card or not. That's how you figure it out. Yeah, and if you want to search for it, um, there was Reddit. I think that's where we got ours from when we were doing that. Um, yeah. Just basically do a Google search that says uh, Uber, Uber rates or Lyft rates uh, in your area. And I think it was one of the first few uh, when it came to um, a, a Reddit post. I think it was like the within the first three. Uh, so you can check those out. It's still going to be up there because it's a few years old, but it was pretty accurate yeah. in terms of uh, how updated it was. So. Um, that's where you'd be able to compare your particular market from. And then Lyft, on the other hand, they still have the rate card in that's their right. app. So uh, whether whether you choose to believe it or not, uh, they still have the rate card there. So if you're driving yeah. Lyft, you oh, can actually right. go in there and see your particular rate card. And Uber was usually within a few cents, uh, not yeah. too much different um, when I, it came to yeah, Lyft rate card right now in LA that they're showing on my app, which they shouldn't be because there is no rate card according to upfront fares. It's 80 cents a mile and 13 cents a minute. Okay. And Uber's was 60 cents a mile and 21 cents a minute before upfront fares. And that's why it's so easy to figure out if you're doing a long trip, how badly you're getting screwed under upfront fares. You're getting 20, 30% haircut. I mean, all you I have think, to do is take I the time. You know, to do, I think what we need to hard. do because we have that chart. I think what yeah. we have to do is we got to say, how bad are we getting screwed and have a new little <laughs> segment that comes out, not just couple it with cash or trash and then say, all right, how bad are we getting uh, bent over and go through the differences between yeah, what, what we're getting paid on upfront fares versus the rate card in that particular area. So yeah. um, as long as we can find that, that, uh, that area, depending well, on what it you is. Don't have to look. I mean, Chris, you don't yeah. even have to drive. You don't even have to drive, right? Just go out there, turn your phone on, take screenshots yeah. of pings, and then convert it to your rate card that you had before upfront fares. And you'll know how much oh, less yeah. you're going to get paid for this exact same trip online. It's very simple to do. So. But I think uh, we should have some crowdsourcing where guys go out, guys and gals go out and do that. Uh, send us what it is comparative to what your yeah. old historic rate card would be in your area. How much are you getting paid? Is it over? Is it under? Uh, by yeah. how much? And uh, we'd like to see that. So <laughs> I, I have a feeling that we're going to see a lot of them going under what we used to get paid with a rate card comparatively. So um, yeah, send it to send it to Sergio, and maybe we'll send uh, we'll we'll start highlighting. Don't send it like blank like that. I'm not going to do the spreadsheet. Do your own spreadsheet. Send me the spreadsheet, and I'll I'll put it up. But I have yeah, my look. Uh, I've I've done this a million times. It's really not that hard. Just put 6021, which was my rate. And then, you know, when you finish the trip, just look at the time and distance because that's period three. That's what you're getting paid for. You're not getting paid to go on period two to pick up the passenger anyway. So that doesn't include, it's not included in there. It's pretty simple 6021 in LA and, you know, or 8012 or 8013 on Lyft. 
and do yeah, it. And then, you know, and then add additional bonuses. Don't don't combine it into one. So if you see a plus fifteen surge, don't roll it into uh, the total price. Roll it on top of what you would have gotten paid because oh, absolutely, that's in the article too. That's in the yep. article. You know, mm -hmm. it was like you know, you know what else is in the article, Mr. Gambit? Are you here? Yeah, you're here. Your uh, $1 base fare screenshot is in the article. It's in Forbes. So you made it to the big time, Mr. Gambit. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> and, and, you know, I, th I believe what I, what I saw was it was a four-mile trip. So yep. if you break it down, that's 25 cents per mile. Yeah, you got paid 25. They're compensating because of that. But there was a $20 pickup fee and a surge. So for four miles, look, on that situation, the passenger was charged 40 This is all in the article. Please go check out, check it out. Uh, passenger paid forty dollars for four miles, Chris. That's ten bucks a mile. Okay. And you got paid twenty five cents. Two seventy five a mile. <laughs> yeah, there, there's and, there's and definitely Mr. a little pricing problem there when it comes. To, yeah, well, but well, it also it also on the algorithms too. Mr. Gambit exactly came out like a gangster. On both algos. What? Yeah, I mean, you know, he came out good. He made twenty three and change on that trip, right? A good, great trip for him. But if you look at this, this trip that he took on previous to upfront fares right for a four mile 15 minute trip that base fare probably would have been five six bucks right plus the surge plus the pickup fee instead of 23 he probably would have made 28 to 30. uber is still going to charge 40. they still made whatever they made but uber is making more now with upfront fares right and then when yep. the first article came out they go boo hoo hoo we're not making that much money i mean look up under upfront fares their take rate is higher they're making mm -hmm. more money, and that's why the stock is at sixty-three. I mean, hey, that's not, well, that's, I mean, that's why that chart is, is going skyrocketing right now. But yeah. you know, I think the the big thing is it, it looks doom and gloom right now. You know, looking at it from from this point, and you know, seeing these charts and knowing that fifty million dollar bonus is on the line uh, for yeah. you know just a couple more months, and if you don't hit it, you're losing some. So. I think the question, though, that we need to talk about is um, what can drivers do in order to kind of, you know, offset things like this? Or what can we look forward to? Or what can we look at? Um, you know, we've kind of discussed this already, a you know, the past several weeks when it comes to, you know, trying to do grassroots movements within cities, um, yeah. trying to get drivers on board that are going to be, you know, local and they're going to be in your area. And then that way you have a larger voice and that way you're able to go to legislators and talk to them and say, hey, look, this is what worked in Seattle. This is what worked in Washington. This is what worked in New York City. This is what's going on in Chicago and uh, Minneapolis and all these places. And this is, uh, you know, what we're trying to fight for. This is what we're looking at. And, you know, you, you do that grassroots movement and then you can start seeing certain changes and bringing it back where you can have that comprehensive pay structure that uh, Dan was talking about earlier today. When it comes yeah. to that um and i think that's something that we can really work on um bringing all that but uh yeah. what were you no, about to I, say? Agree. I, I agree with all these suggestions control expenses don't get out don't go out there and buy a new car to do right share don't be nuts okay yeah um i mean look even if you're buying gas at 10 cents cheaper that's variable cost it's going to make a difference in your bottom line you have to really pinch your pennies now because that's because the orders I'm, I was getting this weekend when I was driving is ridiculous. I mean, so, but uh, ultimately, look, it's a wonderful article. I want to thank Glenn for doing us driver community a great favor. Another one. Um, it's long, but it's worth worthwhile. Just 
you know, take out a, a little popcorn and pop a beer and read it. It'll take you at least 10, 12, probably minutes to read it. All your screenshots, people. I'm telling you, this article's, look, you all, you all are in Forbes. I don't care. I get quoted enough in all these bullshit things and articles and magazines. It's not about me. You all are made, you, you know, you made this happen. I mean, without your screenshots, I, we couldn't put this article together. And over the last year and a half, we're doing Show Me the Money. Um, I mean, I'm I'm humbled. I mean, without you guys, this wouldn't have happened. So, and Len just put voice behind all of your concerns. And, uh, you know, let's thank him. Hopefully down the road, we'll have him on again. Uh, but yeah, it's a great article. Link in the show notes. Please go read it. And please share it. This must be read by everybody. And it may be read by a legislature. It may be read by a class action attorney. I mean, look, there are a lot of things wrong with the system that we have. And, you know, um, I, I think I think we need to fight together and we can make it happen. And our voices are getting louder. I mean, think, Chris, year and a half ago, driver screenshots in a Forbes article. How's that? That's going to happen, you know? Mm. So, I mean, it is happening. So let's keep going. All right, Creekside couple of things here first off keep emailing keep send emailing. letters too because the squeaky wheel gets the grease we've we've seen that timeless or time and time again um so keep doing it and then the other thing is go to drivers in your area go to the airport yeah. queue go to 100%. where drivers are hanging out talk to them have them send this same type of email the same type of uh, letter that's yeah. the way that people are going to start seeing it more and more uh, it's, I mean, it may seem like it's a losing battle if it's just you, but if you start getting two people, if you get three people, if you get 10 people, 15 people, all sending the same to the same people, now they're going to have to start looking at it. Now they're going to have to start realizing, oh, this is something that people are going to. Why do you think a lot of these activist groups are getting the, the play that they get? And they may have 50 to 100 people. Why? Because they have 50 or 100 that are doing thousands upon thousands of emails and and you know all of these different things that are going on whether it's letters or phone calls or whatever they're making them listen by doing something like that so that's really kind of what you have to do in order to make some of these people listen because you're probably getting inundated with a lot of other stuff as well too it's not just you emailing or calling so that's why you got to keep doing it so then when they do see it they're gonna you know it's gonna continue in their head but then when they start seeing it from other people that are in your area as well too then they're going to, to start looking at it more. So those types of things are uh, what you need to do. Uh, somebody, other drivers don't want to hear, William. You know what? Here's the thing. You, you do, it's the way you approach them. You got to come up with a certain approach that's going to um, work. And, you know, you, if you approach them in approach A and B and C and you don't get anywhere, you got to start trying approach D, E, and F. Who knows? Maybe it's going to take, you know, M approach M before you actually get somebody and it's just yeah. well, turning I mean, over the cards, just turning over the rocks because you're going to find people who are going to be disgruntled and all you have to do is yeah. find i mean one of the biggest things is is pain most people react to pain and especially when it comes to money i mean the biggest thing is you could go up to somebody at the airport and say hey are, are you kind of getting sick and tired of what people are or what we're getting paid inflation's going up all of this thing i mean or, or talk to them as a conversation kind of kind of feel them out find their pain once you find their pain it's probably going to come down to pay it's probably going to be coming down to having to work too much those types of things once you get that that's how they're going to be a lot more 
um, receptive of what you're trying to talk and what you're trying to do. A lot of the times, yeah, they might try to just, you know, shut you out, but it's also the approach that you're taking. You know, it's yeah. kind of like a sales position. You gotta, you gotta try to I mean, uh, persuade them, but you have to find out what their need is and then fulfill that need in order to be able to- You know, Chris, Chris, how did they do it in Seattle? It started with a grassroots movement. How do they do it? How are they doing it now in Chicago? How are they doing it in Minneapolis now? Look, we're going to have these people on next week. We had the Seattle people on about six, eight months ago. We asked them, how do you do? Give us your playbook so we can do it in different cities. Malda, Minnesota Uber and Lyft Drivers Association president, Idali, is going to be on the show. We will ask them, what is your playbook? So let's, let's just attack the city by city applying their playbook because they're having success. If it's having success in Minneapolis, if it has success in New York City, if it's having, and all you have to do also, you have to understand that you have to make these legislatures understand a city council is a small group of people, few thousand votes. And if if a lot of rideshare drivers are in the city council people's constituencies, you you have to make them understand we can kick you out of office. We don't need a national election to get you kicked out of office. And we're going to put as rideshare drivers, like they're doing now in Minneapolis, you guys will hear next week. They're putting city friendly city councilor in the city council to pass their own ordinance. Yes, it's a fight, but I can't do it. Chris can't do it on our own. But as a community, we can do it. You gotta, you gotta be the leader in your community. You gotta approach drivers. You gotta approach legislatures untiringly. You gotta keep at it. Keep at it. Keep at it. Yep. Otherwise, then, they're going to bend us over. They're bending us over now. I mean, I, I don't like and, getting and bent over. Another thing, if they're not listening, if they're not paying attention, run against them. Yeah. Nobody said you can't. Or support can. people who are friendly to our cause and support those people. You know. Yeah. So, I mean, there are a lot of options. It's just a lot of people will not do it. Reality is you will not do it. We're, we're huh? Yeah. Persistence. You got to be yeah. persistent. You know. Yeah. And, and unfortunately the reality is most people, if I told everybody here, 300 and something people watching right now, go to your local airport, start talking to drivers, make that grassroots movement. I guarantee you 95% of you will not take a step. Yeah. Why? I don't know. Are you pissed off enough or no? The reality yeah. is clearly you're not, because if you were, you would actually go out and do something. That's yeah. the reality of it. You're not yeah. feeling enough pain. Yeah. You want to, you want I mean, change you, or, or do you want to get shitted on all day, all, all day long, all the time, every time you see a ride request coming in, that's complete garbage and you still take it because of whatever reason. Yeah. No, I, I think, you know, I think you're pain, man. Yeah. City by city complaining is not going to do shit, you know, city by city, oh. state by state. And, and all we want to do is have a, have a seat at the table because these people will come to the table and, and when they're forced and the only time they do it is when they're forced. They were forced in Seattle. They're going to be forced in Minneapolis. Make your life. That's an excuse. That's an yeah. excuse. That's bullshit. Yeah. That's an excuse. Okay. You're talking about the corruption. Come on. I mean, they did it in Seattle. They did it in Washington. They did it in New York. They're doing it in other places. Yeah, there's a lot that's stacked up against you. But the reality is you need to get out there. You need to do something. And you know what? The people who say I'm not taking no for an answer are the ones who are going to be successful. Yeah. Yeah, you got to be persistent. You and and you know, look, shit. if you want to look, I mean, if you're doing rideshare for eight months, yeah, you're probably not. But if you're going to do rideshare for a while and you want to live with these conditions of $2.73 minimum fare trips in LA, I can't do anything in LA and California. I wish I could. Well, I have Prop 22, but we'll see what happens there. But I'm willing to support each and every one of you. If you guys go to your counselors, if you guys put a group together, 
We'll do Zoom calls. We'll talk about it. We'll have a game plan. We'll give you the playbook. But you guys need to do some legwork on your own. You can't just say, well, Serge, come on, let's do it. I'm like, yeah, but if I'm, I'm not in Chicago. I'm not in, you know, wherever that you guys want to. Like, I had a wonderful email today from Georgia. The guy goes, you guys have a massive uh, platform. You guys should do a national union, blah, blah. I go, first of all, we cannot unionize. We're independent contractors. Number two, you can have your non-traditional unions like WDU or, you know, or MALDA. You know, they're, they're not your true Teamsters or SEIUs. They're not your traditional unions. But they all started somewhere, you know, in Washington State. Few drivers got together at the airport, and then it grew, and then it grew, and then it grew. Look at what they have. They have dollar. By the way, and we may, we're misquoting the Seattle rates, Chris. They had an inflation adjustment again. <laughs> yep. Now they're at dollar fifty-five and sixty-eight cents a minute, as opposed to dollar fifty and sixty-four. These things are possible. You guys need to do some legwork. You can open your mouth and say, mm, "Feed me." Like, no, it's not going to happen that way. But yeah, so next week, please yeah, tune in. Come back. Malda is going to be on. The, the only way you're going to get the change you want is you have to be active in it. Yeah. Indy, awesome. You're you're vocal in your community. That's great. That means you probably have some personal relationships there, and you're able to leverage that. Um, so that's a real possibility. Um, there you, you know, go. Those sorts of things. <laughs> City council. You see, I, I, I honestly, I wouldn't want it. I don't want it. I mean, I. I love to make different changes and stuff a, a friend of mine actually just ran for city council in uh, a small city or i mean a small town um that's well outside the city of buffalo um but you know i mean that's the beginning so it's like okay well she's got somewhere and now you know there's certain points her and i get together for cards against humanity you know every couple of months or so and you can leverage those types of relationships granted that's one small little town but who does she know that you can start turning the cards over to and that's what you got to kind of do when it yeah. comes down to so it. anyway but uh next week please come back tune in malda hopefully yep. hopefully senator fatah i mean he's a senator in, in in minnesota and uh he's very friendly to the driver group um look they're gonna pass this ordinance it's on the 31st so next two weeks i'm just gonna blast email anybody and everybody i know in minneapolis well, our Joe is in Minneapolis. He actually the one that set us up with Malda. And I'm like, look, I want all these voices out. If 10,000 people watch it, 1,000 are Minneapolis, and then it can go affect the Minneapolis law, hey, man, go for it. Yep, there you go. Now, I couldn't have said it better. Okay, I, we'll, we'll finish the segment on this one right there. That's as good as I can say it. You know. All right. And uh, with that being said, you know, we had Dan on uh, talking about the uh, 330 plus page of ruling. I don't know why they need 338 pages worth of crap, but you know, it's it's government crap and filler and junk and all this other stuff that's rolled into it. So um, the reality is, comes down, do you wanna be an independent contractor? Do you wanna be an employee? So we had hey, a poll man, recently, <laughs> and uh, you know, the sentiment still is, the majority of drivers want to remain independent contractor. This is one area that we're agreeing with the companies. <laughs> only only huh? one. This is the only area we're agreeing with the companies. Because this is what the companies are saying. This is what Uber and Lyft yep. says. We want you to all stay independent contractors. And 85% of 2,300 votes so far said 85%. I mean, that's massive, overwhelming majority. Said we mm -hmm. want to stay independent contractors. So we're basically agreeing with the companies. Only on this subject right here. <laughs> For one reason or another, you all want to stay independent contractors. Okay, fine. Now, the other question I we just, put up. I just want to know 
what would an employee, what, and, and nobody on chat, nobody can tell me what you think it's going to look like, because honestly, we just don't know. The reality okay, is, uh, no, it does but, not but have Chris, scheduling. Chris, but, we had Alta on. We had Alta on, remember, a few weeks ago? No, Alta. no, I know. Those, those are... Put the Alta shirt on, put the Alta shirt on, put the Alta hat but, on, and you drive. That's it. But does it have to look like that? Does it have to well, look like a traditional nine-to-five job, or can it be something that's in between? That's what I want to know. Can it be uh, a hybrid of something? I, I just want to know. I just want to know. Like, I like information. We like information, but we're so dismissive on, oh, no, 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 nothing with employee. I get it. I don't want to be an employee either. I just want to see what it looks like, what it would actually look like from Uber to Lyft wow. if you were made into an employee. If if that 339-page <laughs> ruling came out and said, hey, guess what, Uber, Lyft, uh, you are now employees, not uh, independent contractors for your driving force. And you have until March 11th to, to change that. Or you're going to start getting fined. Something like that. If that was the ruling that truly came out, and this was, let's just say it was a court system and, and everything was upheld and they have to now, what yeah. would that truly look like? That's what I want to know. I want to know what it would look like. Well, and then I can make a better decision. Right now, we, the fear of what an employee would look like based on... Yeah. What we look, what we think of it as currently, and I, and you're right. I don't want to be that. I don't want to be anything near that because I want to be able to go on and off when I want, or you know, if if I want to take the day off because hey, we got three feet of snow, and they're telling me, oh no, you got to go work. Well, we're gonna have a little disconnect here. Um, so there's th those types of things. But the reality is, there's so much overstep when it comes to them controlling what you are doing and when you can go out and those types of things that. It's a guiding hand that they're telling you what you can and cannot do, and they're gaming it. They're gambling it. We've talked about this, and they're they're putting so much complexity complexity into it. The reality is, I mean, they're they're we're already employees. We're just not getting any of the benefits for it. I mean, look, but this is a new industry. Okay, app based work is only ten years old, Chris. We think it's like decades, but it's not. There are no laws. Well, actually, it's a great question you raised because we don't know. I mean, this is brand new industry. 10 years is nothing mm -hmm. compared to the steel industry, airline industry, auto industry. That's established stuff. The rules are being written as we go along. You know what I'm saying? And this only thing is we're agreeing with these companies. That's it. And then on the next question, which shows the contradiction in people, right? 2,000 votes. Do you consider yourself to be a true independent contractor like my buddy who was an air conditioning um installer and contractor he's an independent contractor and, and, and he, the way he works versus the way i work is completely day and night he shows up at a job he bids for the job commercial or residential he either gets the job or doesn't get the job he goes to the next one you know what i'm saying if you bid too high you're not going to get the job but in our world in the right share world our community is saying no we're not and i agree 100 percent. thank you William. um um, we have more news coming up on InDrive, so you guys got to stay tuned. Um, so, yeah, I agree 100%. You know, when as an independent contractor, if I cannot name the price of the job or even bid on a job or even do whatever. Now, yes, we granted we can decline trips that we don't like. Great. But what are the repercussions? Like we're going to show you on Lyft, they put you on timeouts. They treat you like an employee, but then when they when the bill fits them, they want you to be an independent contractor. Have the cake, eat it too. S needs to end. 
And that's when legislation comes into play. So, no, I agree. And I'm like, that's the contradiction. Yes, we want to stay independent, but we don't want to stay the independent the way we are now. Okay, I get it. Well, mm -hmm. in order for that to happen, people, you need legislation. Because otherwise, these companies are not just going to come and tell you, oh, um, you can name the price of the chip. You can, you know, do, do whatever. And, 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 you know, with the algorithm, Chris, it's in the article. It's like really, really poignant that Len made that point. If I don't accept the garbage, my utilization rate tanks. So I'm in between a hard place and a rock. And if I do accept the garbage, then my hourly rate tanks. You know what I'm saying? I'm like in this, hmm. in this like weird flex. Like hard place and a rock. I, 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 if I don't accept my UR tanks and I'm just sitting there watching YouTube, twiddling my fingers. And if I do accept a $3 garbage trip, then my hourly tanks to like 15 bucks an hour. So it's like the way they set it up is a lose-lose situation. So. Yep. So clearly things do have to change uh, and need to. But not only just legislation, but there's probably got to be a couple of high-profile uh, lawsuits and court cases and decisions that need to be made in order for um, certain changes and, and differences to be made as well, too. Uh, so that's, that's another side of the coin as well, too, uh, especially when it comes to... Um, some of these misclassification suits uh, that can come about. So those types of things could be a potential. Um, it just depends on how far you want to go. So okay. uh, let me answer that quick question because this, I've been asked that so many times now. Okay, first of all, it's not a strike. You cannot strike. You're an independent contractor, number one. Um, but I have been in touch with the professor. Um, you know, we actually did a half hour conversation that we're going to put up right before the protest. It's not a strike. You cannot strike. There is, if you get 100,000 people, bro, I'll be right in front of that crowd. Get me 100,000 people out of 4 million people. We, you cannot strike. But we're going to have our conversation about that next week with Chris. And Chris, actually, it's Chris's idea. Uh, <laughs> I think it's going to be a lot more effective than turning the app off because, you know, strikes don't work. What works? But, in, and, you know, without giving up too much, there is a lot more coming up with, with Thorsten that, that we've been in communication with. I do support. I protest. If it works, great. What is the protest going to do? Yeah, you know, I, I'm I'm going to put all my power behind getting my journalist friends, notifying them, and giving you guys a push as hard as I can. Yes, it gets media attention, and then it goes away. But his his program, you know, Thorsten's program, and he's not calling it a strike either. It's a protest. Keep doing these things. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. That's how Malda got where they got to. See, this weekend, they were protesting at the airport. Okay? It's a protest civil um non-violent get your voices out well we have the media with us now now we can get our voices out more often more important subjects right but strike you know you guys stay tuned that'll that'll be a lot more news coming up on that yep. so and then one other thing i'm gonna say before and not giving away the other thing but uh one of the other things don't just go to the airport because yeah. most of the time it's just a waiting lot and not a lot of drivers go to the lots Go to your main. Well, LA, LA, they do. <laughs> well, at, at LA maybe, but I'm talking about five hundred of them. LA, LA is a much bigger area than just LAX. So, but but reality is, no matter what, if if you're in the staging lot or if you're you know going around, you're only going to get the people that are that, that are there at the time. What about the people that are actually living in your community? And those people are uh, you know they're driving to and from work. So the biggest thing is why not 
to hold some signs up during rush hour on the busiest streets around. If you get a bunch of people doing that at different intersections and all holding signs about Uber, that's going to start also creating some, some what is going on out there and what, what are these people protesting or that. You're going to get a lot more intrigue and interest when it comes to people understanding and knowing what it is. Um, so yeah. that's another another side of the coin. Well, uh, next week, we'll also, I'm going to, you know, I'm gonna, we need to also change a little tactics, right? We need to talk about um, passenger education more than driver education. Because, look, there's only 3 million drivers in the U.S. on Uber and Lyft, and there's 142 million passengers. So which one is it? And which one is the is the one that's permanent? The, the passenger, because the, the driver community is transitory. They work for eight months, they go. They work for eight months, and they go, you know? Uh, you can't even catch up to them. By the time you catch up to them and try to teach them what to do, they're already gone. But the passenger is the permanent part of this equation, and I think that's what we need to do in a much bigger fashion, much better way. And who's the best mouthpiece for that? The driver. You have 20 people, different people in the car. I mean, we're going to you know, we have some plans about how to educate the passenger. And I'm pretty sure out of half, half 50% out of 142 million have a heart, and I think they will understand. So... You know, See, an another excuse, Craig, small towns may not have rush hours as a city will or, or that type of thing. They do have main streets. Yeah, if you, you look, you can come street. up with a list of excuses, bro. Like, <laughs> come on. You, you want to keep shooting these excuses? I will. I will bury you all when you come up with these excuses, because for, for every objection you say, I I'll find a workaround on it. Well, so right, you, you're, not, you're not gonna you're not gonna allow that to happen. There is a will. Uh, there is a way. You don't have a rush hour, but you got a main street. Yeah, there is a will. There is a way, right bro. There. You, you, I mean, that you got whatever is local that most locals go to. You want to raise the points there. I mean, come on, start start. Uh, Palm Springs is very near me, bro. Palm Springs has got busy, busy area of town. There's no rush hour, but you know, I know exactly what 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 happens there. You have party people. You have late nights. Palm Springs could be hopping, you know, as like especially now seasonality is pretty good at Palm Springs. So I don't know. Palm Springs, Palm Desert, Indian Wells, uh, there you have a lot of stuff to do there. So, um, no, you know what? It's not about talking down to the audience. It's about pissing you off enough to get off your ass and do something. That's really what it comes down to. Oh, geez, you know, I want to. Like, like, anyway, <laughs> I so, mean, the reality like, is you, you need to get you have to get pissed off in order to do something. That's the reality of something. If you're not pissed off, you're not going to do anything because you're just living comfortably miserable. That's yeah. the way it is. That's reality. Like and that if one. you need the Band-Aid to come off, you need the Band-Aid to come off. Let's talk about my comfortably miserable situation this week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, people. I was swimming in catch. Uh, you were an man, you weren't you? Bro, let me tell you something. You know, I actually... Towards the end, I was relaxed. After the first three, four, five takes, the first one, $3.33 or $0.35 UberX shared trip, Chris. I was like, Sunshine Man, I was cussing you out. Are you here, Sunshine Man? Jeff, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, who has a 99% acceptance rate, okay? So we put out this video. This video with all my results is on the channel. It's already got like, I don't know, 28, 30,000 views in like a day. So this is what I did. My experiment was be like Jeff, accept everything. <laughs> Let's see what I can do if I accept everything. In eight years of my existence as an Uber driver, I had never done that, ever, ever. But I go, you know what? Maybe there's a point to that. 
because there is no incentives. There is no surge. On a Saturday, okay, weekend peak hours, I'm working. There's no surge in LA. What am I supposed to do? I mean, I'd rather sit on my ass at home and watch YouTube as opposed to sit in the car and watch YouTube, okay? So anyway, I went out. It took me two days to do because I swear to God, there are so many cars out there, Chris, even in LA. I couldn't get 20 pings in one day. And I took it all, all of it. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 20. And here are the results, $171.60 on Saturday, $65.02 on Sunday, um, nine hours almost online plus the Sunday. So I was online 11 hours. I was active for seven and a quarter. So that's running about 65, 70% utilization rate. If you look at active hour numbers, Chris, guess what I hit? 32. Mm-hmm. That's what the CEOs are saying. 32. That's active hour. Oh. That's active hour. But if you look at my online hour in 11 hours after doing taking 20 trips in a row, my online hour was $21.50, almost $22. That includes incentives and tips. I had a 2415 quest, which I finished, obviously, and I had tips. So $21 to $22. Um, I figure my cost for my car, which is a 2021 Hyundai, is five bucks an hour, inclusive of gas, um, depreciation, maintenance, insurance, all of it. So at five bucks an hour, Chris, if you deduct five bucks from 21 and a half, then I was out there 11 hours, online hours, I'm at 16 and a half. Okay. Now, what can I do in LA for 16 and a half or more? And in LA County, minimum wage is $16.70 in 2024. So I'm right at minimum wage a tad below. Can I go flip burgers for 20? Absolutely, I can. So taking 20 in a row, these are the results. And on the right-hand side is my summary, weekly summary. Uh, We're going to discuss this next week because we're running over already. Um, I was going to put that up next week and say, what is my take rate? What is Uber's take rate last week? According to Uber, Uber's take rate on me on these 20 trips was 2%. It's right there, okay? Um, I'm not buying that. Uh, I think it was 37%, and I kept 63%. uh, And, yeah, so these are my results. I took 20 in a row. I took one for the team, and I survived, and it was fun. And at the end, I was like, okay, whatever, I give up. I was just hoping, Chris, that they don't send me to Tijuana or some shit, right? To the Mexican border, San Diego, after Dead Mile. I drove only 180 miles, dollar forty a mile. Were you actually going to take all of those, even if they came yes. in? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Ooh, but I did go quite. I I drove 180 miles, all miles, Dead Miles, period one, period two, period three miles. I just made up my mind, so I'm going to keep doing these experiments. Next next week, I'm going to drive my way. Now. There is no surge in LA, period. They have killed it. It's all gray clouds, Chris, okay? Saturday, mm-hmm. 6 p.m., I'm out there. People are going out, nice weather, no surge. When there's no surge, when there's no cherries to pick, what am I supposed to pick? Might as well accept trips and make some money and go home. And that may be the thing going forward because if there's no surge, how am I supposed to cherry pick, right? And yep. now you guys may want to do a hybrid thing, you know, accept trips, make your money, and then when the surge kicks in, then become a cherry picker. But other than that, you know, 
20 in a row is not a big deal, but now I'm going to do 20 in a, 20 my way. Even without surgery, I'm going to cherry pick. Let's see if I can improve that 21 and a half to maybe 23 to 25. Um, and then next week, I'm going to do lift 20 in a row and then put those numbers up. So I'm, I'm enjoying these little experiments that are, you know. Good. I'm glad <laughs> I've been waiting for you to, to do something like this for a little while now just to see. Um, but the reality, I mean, yeah, man, yeah. The the reality is, oh, they they killed it. I mean, we've we had a snowstorm move in. I, I think a lot of people heard about that because if you watch football, you know that the uh, the Bills game was delayed a day, uh, twenty seven hours to be exact, and uh, that was because of the snow. And yeah, I mean, we're right in the path, and um, you know, it was uh, definitely something where it had to have happened because there was no way that people would have been able to get to the game safely um the teams any of that um so it was good that they did postpone it but yeah i mean when you get three feet of snow falling in the matter of uh you know 15 18 25 hours depending on you know how long the snow band was but the reality is when, once it started and the snow band started kicking in uh that was when i started turning on the app to look and there was barely any surge and this was prior to them doing a travel ban uh, they did an entire county-wide uh, travel ban starting at 9 a.m. Or I mean, I'm sorry, 9 p.m. Uh, of that day. And this was, you know, 6:30. I'm looking at 7:30, 8 o'clock when the snow is already starting to kick in. Uh, people are already doing it, and there was like no surge. There was like, I think the highest I saw was like four dollars. It's like I want to know how you do that, Kevin Underwood, because I cherry pick no surge. <laughs> okay, I I know. I mean, look. I was watching every ping like a hawk. There were a couple of chips in there, Chris, that I would have never taken. Okay, never. But then I go, hey, man, I'm going to take 20 in a row. And then I was just in the city, and Algo sends me right back to where I came from, literally. And I was like, fuck. And that's when I spent an hour and a half waiting for a ping. I even took mm -hmm. a trip radar trip just to get the hell out of the hell hole because there were no pings. So it sent me to the city. I did some trips in the city and then boom, right back and sent me back. I'm like, God damn it. I go, I knew it. But I go, you know what? I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it. And I finished it. <laughs> and that was it. Yeah. yeah. But the video, video is on the art, you know, on, on the channel. Go watch it. It's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's pretty crazy though. All right. So uh, All right. let's, let's move on. Let's talk about uh, um, something else that's going on. Uh, do, do, do. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, let's, uh, let's talk about what Lyft is doing. You know, we talked about independent contractor versus employee. Why is Lyft treating drivers as employees with timeouts and sending them nasty emails because you as a driver are canceling for a reason that is within TOS. We've talked about this already many times and, uh, we've, we've broken down the TOS uh, and showed the reasons why canceling is happening and the reasons that you can cancel perfectly no, fine without having problems, but you're still getting thrown in a timeout. You're still uh, yeah. getting nasty emails. What the hell's yeah. going on? I sent all this to Lyft. Uh, you know who you are at Lyft. And they, they go, we're definitely moving this up. Um, uh, look, we talked about this. We talked about my situation with cancellation rehab school. For some reason, if your cancellation, Chris, their threshold is 5%. If it goes over 5%, you're getting the automatic email. Uh, you know, customers customers are having a bad experience, canceling too often, not driving towards your uh, passenger. Bro, 
lift. Mr. Risher, this is a driver that's canceling according to the terms of service. Unaccompanied minor. No car seat. I don't feel safe. These are all in your TOS. If we cancel for those reasons, we shouldn't be put in a timeout. I am not in elementary school. There you go. The guy's timeout started at 30 minutes, 28 minutes to go. And I'm going like, this is hocus pocus bullshit of all bullshits. And here's this guy from Utah dealing with two foot of snow. The guy goes, I couldn't get to the passenger. What am I supposed to do? Just leave the app on and kill it? No, he goes, I canceled. And as soon as I canceled, I went over 5%. And there comes the email. Well, he goes, hi, Sergio. There's more evidence to show Lyft does not treat us drivers as independent contractors. I have over 300 rides and a 5.0 rating. Obviously, a new guy on top of that. My cancellation rate is 6%. Well, sir, you're above 5% threshold. That's why you got the threatening email. This has been going on for too long, Lyft. I mean, it was it happened to me almost over a year ago that I had to go to a cancellation rehab school. I, a couple of nights ago, blizzard in Salt Lake. Snow was extreme, and the roads took four times as long to get anywhere. Well, you cancel. You can't get there. You're not going to kill yourself for a $10 trip. Plus, he was sending me screenshots that there is no surge in a foot and a half of snow. And then he goes, Lyft suspended me for 29 minutes today and sent me an email saying that they will permanently deactivate me if I continue on like this. And if I may give a little uh, shout out to uh, our new show coming up called Crossfire, boy, did we have a good Twitter battle with Harry on the subject. And please tune in. Crossfire is coming up. It's me and Harry, two topics, half hour. We're going at it. Luckily, we're not in the same room because <laughs> he's going to tell me some corporate bougie bullshit. I'm pretty sure, Chris, he's going to get me going. He's going to get my fucking blood pressure up. Oh. And he's going to tell me some garbage. That, but luckily, we're not in the same room. So anyway, Lyft suspended this poor guy for 28 minutes and the threatening email. Are you guys still getting this? I sent this to Lyft. Lyft, this needs to end. Think about the morale of this driver after this. The guy is battling snow. It's unsafe. Cancel. What am I supposed to do? I can't get to the goddamn passenger. And then he goes, why doesn't Lyft offer safety reasons for why us drivers cancel? Actually, um, they do, but he wants a breakdown on the safety part. Like, you know, Chris, where it says, I don't feel safe. Because my mm -hmm. problem was I wouldn't let a cussing crackhead in my car at like 6 in the morning. And that's when I went over 5%. And then I always have a check other. So when you check other, I guess the cancellation rate's going up. And then you're getting these threatening emails. Lift. don't do this. This is going to be honest to God. Some lawyer is going to wash his shit and it's going to be a class action lawsuit. I swear to God, you can't do this. You can't have the cake and eat it too. And when the legislation comes for shit like this, you guys are going to cry, oh, no, no, we don't want employees. I'm like, well, you're treating this guy perfectly like an employee. A timeout for 29, 30 minutes? Chris, <laughs> in what world? Are we in elementary school? Timeout. You're in timeout. Go to the corner. Silly man. <laughs> Thank you. So, yeah. Are you guys getting this still? Um, I guess I guess it's happening. And I, I'm not look, I, I, I don't like this, David Risher. This needs to end. That's it. You know. <laughs> oh yeah. So, <laughs> but not only that, we have a conversation from Lyft. Yeah, and that's, support. Yeah, that's we all, all we you. all know how support likes to go. <laughs> that's all you, yeah. That's all you. Yeah. 
Oh, what do you want me to read? The whole I thing? can see the screen. Just just read what support, what kind of garbage support is saying, bro. You know, okay. I don't know where it is, but I was like reading this and I got this like today or yesterday. I was reading this. I like my mouth was on the floor and I sent this to Lift2. You know who you are. This and and there is contradiction of contradictions in here from a support agent at Lyft. This is not an AI bot. You can tell it's not an AI bot. And you go ahead, right ahead, buddy. I know. Find the important part where it says, I think, um, you know. Again, well, is, you know, how, how about because there's 14, um, 14 of them? Did you, did you, did you instead of reading all of it, how about we just uh, summarize it? And if okay. people want to read it, they can. Uh, okay. Just to all make right. it a little quicker and easier. Okay. So uh, towards the end, towards the end. Okay. Go, go to the next one. Go to the next one. Hold on. And towards the end, I'll take a look at. Um, okay, there you go. He circled it. Uh, thank you for your for the information. Um, uh, okay, I can't read this. My glasses are not helping right, me here. read that. Hold on, so. I, I'll read what I'll read what it is. It's I'll read six and seven because the ones are highlighted, but it just yeah will set up a little bit more. So it said I checked the email. It says I contacted the writer after accepting the request, leading them to cancel. I only contact writers to give them my name and my estimated time of arrival. I never. Uh, I have never contacted a rider and asked them to cancel. Uh, <laughs> the email also says I am canceling too often. My cancellation rate is at 1% or less, and my account uh, rating is 96%. How could this be considering canceling too often? Yeah. Thank you for that information. Uh, for uh, Thank you for that information that the cause of the warning was canceling too often. Looking deeper at your ride history, it appears that we have consecutive misses uh, ride request and yes it says mrs ride request yeah <laughs> um and what's and then, wrong with that yeah i know right and then <laughs> it says to prevent this from happening again we advise to follow our cancellation policy and to improve or maintain your five-star rating but here's the thing he's got less than one percent and if it was the right reason on why you cancel you don't get it yeah. um so there you go check the tutorial tab and driver dashboard by clicking there yeah. Um, and then he says, what is a Mrs. Ride request? Does that mean I decline a ride request? Missed ride those rides that are not accepted. While I'm unable to override the warning notice, Lawrence, we'll definitely look into your feedback as we continuously work to make Lyft better. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Uh -huh. It's been going on for a year and a half, man. How much better is it going to get? It happened to me. It started with like it's been. We've been putting these up, David Richard, for like a year and a half now. It's time to end this nonsense. Okay, and I know it's all cut one. and paste, whatever it is, but it's end this nonsense. This is bullshit. And then there's the end. There's the beauty part right there. Yeah, and then he says, "I decline rides where the pay is not enough to cover my expense of the operating my car and making me money. If Lyft yeah. would pay me appropriately on every ride, my acceptance rate would be 100. percent I yeah. concur." I might say 95% or higher just because you may get the I occasional whoopsies. But exactly. uh, yeah, mine, mine would be sky high too. But uh, and then, then support says, however, if you are canceling the ride too often, yes, it will trigger a system, which is why you receive the warning notice. We okay. do not tolerate this kind of behavior on our platform. Yeah. Uh, hold on, <laughs> let, me, let me read it as, as they said it. We do not tolerate this kind of behavior our platform. Please check the email we sent for more details. If you have other concerns, let me know. I'll be happier to assist you. That when we're independent contractors? 
We don't tolerate uh, not accepting trips and canceling trips. We don't tolerate even if it's a safety reason that we put in our TOS. We don't tolerate it. <laughs> right. Oh, go suck it. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 you know, this poor guy. I mean, how, how much time do you think this took, Chris? 14 pages. Uh, well, I year. can tell you right now here. The first oh, one. Yeah, look at the first. Yeah, look at the first. 12.37 a.m. And uh -huh. then the last one was at 1.16 a.m. So oh, an hour. 40, an hour-ish. Almost. Yeah. No, half, half hour, three minutes. 40 minutes. So this guy spent 40 minutes of his life arguing with this moron who can hardly spell. Not getting paid. Stupid, bro. This is so stupid. It ruins everything, bro. You know, it ruins my, like, attitude. After this, if this guy did a lift trip, what do you think? That next passenger got a foot massage? I don't think so. <laughs> well, here's here's the thing. First off, you, you, know, you, you know what you're getting paid. So just don't, it can't, don't accept the ride if you don't want to take it. Just let it pass. Decline it from coming it says, in. It says it says you can't you can't uh, decline trips. <laughs> I can decline anything I want. Yeah, and I it know says you. Do, Europe, I'll I'll actually copy the TOS and I'll put it back into them. I'll be like, oh, what do you got to say about that? Because that's your TOS right there. That's well, your community this. guidelines back at you. Granted, they're yeah. all from the Philippines or from from India, and they have no idea what what really is going on because it's not really, uh, it's not a real worker of Lyft or uh, it's just some chatbot person three, who knows. Nothing. Three months, David. Three months. We have three months. This is, this is, I don't know. You got a lot to fix. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. I mean, well, I'm laughing, but it's not laughable, bro, because people, they're going to deactivate that poor guy in Salt Lake. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They are. They are. And I'm going to get an email. Oh, Sergey deactivated me. I go, okay. Yeah. What am I supposed to do now? You know? Don't do it, people. Just treat us like human beings, like I said in Len's article. Respect us. Without mm -hmm. us, without our cars, without our tears. There's another poor driver got killed yesterday, a Lyft driver in Phoenix. Without our blood, without our sweat, without our tears, you people will not get that $50 million bonus. And and David, I know you have a deal like that with Lyft. Yours goes up to a billion dollars, but Lyft stock has to go to 40 bucks a share. And right about 12 and a half now. Think about it, David. If the only way you're gonna get that billion dollars is on the back of the driver, not kosher. You know what I mean? Just not. Stop this. This is nonsense. So anyway, yeah. Yep. Well, speaking of uh, Lyft and them trying to make changes or in essence, just copying Uber, um, you know, there's something that I got the other day and it was just before that blizzard. And it was says, hey, uh, I, I texted you at whatever I, I forget it was is like you can come back or, uh, and drive on the platform. It's busy right now. And you could earn up to twenty one dollars an hour. I'm just like, oh. Great. So I click it because I actually wanted to take a, take a screenshot, but no, it was just a friggin' notification on the app uh, coming instead of the app. So when I open it up, it's just like, oh, you want to go online now? No, I wanted the freaking thing. But um, but more and more people are getting this. So it's the same. It's the exact same thing that Uber's doing. So yeah. Richard will come on. He'll say, well, you know what? We're we're sending out emails to let you know that when it's busy, you can go out there and make some money. And you know, isn't that what we all really want? <laughs> yeah, that's what we so, want. Thanks, Paul. Paul, thank you for the soup chat. We're going to do chips. I got the usual. Yep. Oh, yeah, it's good suspension. Timeout. Out of the corner. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh boy. <laughs> Bro, it's like, yeah, so this is, this is uh this is like let's get you back out there. Uh okay, let me see what am I gonna get out there for? You know, Uber okay, by the way, you know my, my list that I put up last week, Chris, or was it two weeks ago? You know, yep. I'm I'm up to 60 cities now. 60. Ooh, good 60, job, bro. everybody watching. Thank you for the best crowdsourced database ever. So keep sending them to me. Sergio at the rideshareguide.com. You know that Uber thing you guys get? But you know what's happening now? They're not putting numbers in, Chris. They're just saying between 7 and 10 a.m. It's busy. Get out there and drive. You know how it says you can earn median you know average why? of 18 bucks. There's two they're, reasons they're why. There's two numbers. One, one, because their numbers are getting so poor that it's not even really worth it to come out. And two, Bullshit. they're like, shit, Sergio's tracking all this. And now they're re they're really showing. <laughs> too late. Too late. Uh, I got 60 <laughs> cities and all the time slots. Too late. It's declining. Yep. Or, I mean, look, I had actually this week, good news, Uber. Behold, there was one city that went up. Between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. Sunday, uh, Friday through Sunday, St. Louis went up from went up to 29 bucks an hour. <laughs> oh, first was that because uptick, the, first uptick, was that because it was so cold? I guess I don't know. But first <laughs> uptick, Uber. See, it's all good. Uh, but I have the data already, and I'm going to keep adding to the data. So Lyft is copying Uber. It goes between 12 and a.m. Uh, um, Monday and 1 a.m. on Monday. Um and, and Sunday 10 p.m. It says business times for requests were Monday, blah blah blah, busiest time. And most drivers, most, most drivers in New York, New York, that's horrible lift if they just earn 20. Oh, this is New York State. Okay, never mind. Most I'm driver. Well, no, no, no. This is most drivers in New York, not New York. In New York. Oh, sorry. My glasses are all in my face. In New York. Where is York, by the way? Where is York? Uh, it could be York, Pennsylvania. It could be York. I mean, uh, it could be different York, areas. I'm not sure, but I'm assuming it's probably Pennsylvania. All right, York, Pennsylvania. $21 last month, including tips and bonuses. Okay? So, Lyft, I would not put this out there. 21 an hour, including tips and bonuses. So, let's assume 10% was included, you know, Lyft um, bonuses and tips, 10%. Let's go minimal. So that will put you down to like 19 before expenses. I wouldn't advertise this lift because after taking five bucks, six bucks, whatever it is your costs are per hour. I mean, I'm, I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's below minimum wage in that state. York, Pennsylvania. There you go. Do you guys know what minimum wage in, in Pennsylvania is or York? Uh, is it I wanna, I'm going to say it's probably 11, but I have no idea. Oh, yeah, and me. then this is uh, this is another one. They do lift twenty-one dollars. This is San Francisco. You know how bad that is for San Francisco, bro. <laughs> one of the, one of the oh, most yeah. expensive places uh, to lift, live. I am. I started at you earned twenty-one an hour. Twenty-one an hour, including tips and bonuses in a city like San Francisco. It's a top five city, bro. I'm telling Oof. you. This is, and I, I'm pretty sure this is active hour. Okay, I'm no, I'm sorry, not active hour. This is online hour. But still, I mean, I'm going to earn 15 But How am I going to live in San Francisco, one of the most expensive cities on the planet, for like after expenses for 15 bucks an hour? I wouldn't be putting these out, Lyft. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't be too proud of that. Unless you missed the two and it was a three. Maybe. Okay, you know, we can talk about that. But yeah, these. I, I, so I'm collecting Lyft too now. I'm going to have a spreadsheet with Lyft. So if you guys see these on your apps, please send now it to me. Now they're doing it. Sergio at the rideshareguy.com. Please send it. 
Please send it. I want to build Early a database for Black Clover. Wow. 21, bro. 21. No, no. Uh, it looks like somebody put seven and a quarter. I don't know if that's true or not. No, seven and a quarter is the federal one. I don't think you know uh, Pennsylvania. PA minimum wage. Okay, there you go. Let's see. Is I'll, it I'll look it up. There's this great thing called Google. Yeah. Uh, it's 15, yep. 15? Yeah, okay. So we're at minimum wage or touch below. All right, cool. Thumbs up. Uh, we're working for... I work for a minimum wage this weekend. Uh, 11 Wait, hours on. online. You know? Hey. Uh, come to the desert. Well, yeah. I, I may come to the desert. Oh, and the, uh, you know? Oh, buy me dinner. Craig, now, now we got an offer. I'm only like 110 miles from where you are. Um, all right. So, yeah. All right. Before well, we before we move on to our next topic, uh, we are opening it up to people who want to come on the show and play cash or trash. And uh, we're going to be doing that segment uh, after this segment. Uh, as you know, if you don't know, uh, I'll tell you. Basically, we're going to have three ride requests that we're going to show. Uh, 10 seconds for Uber, 15 seconds for Lyft. We're going to have three people come on and we're going to see cash or trash and why. Would you take the ride? Would you not? And the reasons behind it. Uh, so the winner of that will also receive $25. And that will be based on our audience who will vote on the winner uh, when it comes to our YouTube audience because there's other people who are watching on other platforms. Um, but when chat works, it works with the YouTube poll. Um, so we're going to do it that way. And uh, yeah, basically, we're going to take the first three people. If you have audio or video issues, uh, more so audio problems, if there's any issue, uh, we are going to have to disqualify you and take the next person. So if we have six people in, in queue, uh, we're going to take the first three. Uh, if there's less than three people, hey, you might have a good chance at winning them. So uh, either way, uh, check that out and you can come on. And then... Um, Which one do you prefer, Chris? Uber or Lyft? Uber or Lyft. In my area, I prefer Uber because it's busier. So that means I make more money. <laughs> I agree. I prefer Uber. I think their platform is a lot more stable. The app is a lot more stable. It's a lot better. Mm -hmm. The app is really, truly a lot better with the non-accidental discharge. Um, definitely um, Uber, but I'm going to go take 20 in a row and lift. So let's see how that adventure goes. Yep. I mean... Uh... All right, two more people. Come on. Let's go. We have like 300 people here. Let's go. Two more, two more of you. Where's Indigo? Indigo, why don't you come on? Play the game. Yep. Indigo. All right. Well, we'll let's. Give me cash. Uh, give me five bucks. All right. Well, before we get on to that, let's. Uh, before we do cash or trash, we have our segment. Uh, so it'll give time for people to come on. Uh, we already have somebody right, in the now. back, so uh, he's waiting patiently. I see. Uh, but we're going to do our segment uh, and Beard. make you sure you come on, and uh, then we can play cash or trash. So uh, the next thing we're going to be talking about. <laughs> ah, Sergio. Speaking speaking of more stable, uh, what happens when Lyft really? is not stable, and is there going to be another glitch? Well, What's these are two of my two of my twenty, Chris. These are mine, <laughs> proudly proudly displayed. These Uber are two shared. of my twenty. <laughs> Why are you laughing, bro? It's okay. This is it. Uber We're down to this. What do you want? I took it. I took I took two Uber X shared trips. And I was praying to God that they don't get matched. <laughs> I was like, I go, shit, the next one will take me to Foreverland. These are mine. Uber, um, I I emailed you this already. You know who you are. Um, 
uh, why why is the p3 distance and duration not showing like uber x and uber comfort and whatever else i mean it's missing is this something new plus am i going to get the correct 1099 because i picked up i dropped off i know this is at least two three miles pick up uh, drop off combined and i'm not sure how this works out in uberland where is my time and distance for p3 huh no okay so please fix this. It's irritating as shit. Because, and guess what, Chris? The first one, my first trip was the one on the left, 366. Picked up at one McDonald's, dropped off at another McDonald's. Woohoo. And I was like, <laughs> what am I doing here, man? I'm taking 366 trips. And, uh, but he was a nice kid. So long story short, Uber, please we'll put the P3 there because the 1099 is all going to be messed up now. All messed up. Oh, Will, thank you. Will, Will, how's the, how, you know, Will, Will must be swimming in cash with the with the he's, rap. He's got to be. That, that right there is reason why you should probably uh, take your Tesla Y That's and uh, make it black <laughs> so you can sign up for black. Well, why don't you come on? Get your money back, maybe. You just, <laughs> oh, no, Carlos came on. All right, Will, thank you. I'll chat with you later. So, yeah, over, please fix this. I took I took these two, Chris. You, if if I had told you, Chris, I'm going to go out take Uber X shared trips for 366 and 352, what would you say? I would no have been way. like, "What? I I wouldn't believe it." And then <laughs> I, now I do because these are in in your uh, trip uh your trip details now. Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, you know what? I was like, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to take it all. You know, pull my hair out, get a stroke halfway through. I go like, "No, no. I'm just. I'm fine. I'm going to take it." And I took it right there. So Uber, please put the time and distance on Uber X shared trips. It's mm -hmm. missing. I know you guys are gonna mess up my 1099. I'm pretty sure some drivers are doing a lot of these. Please fix this ASAP. Uh rides, we had yes, the CEO on. Uh we had the CEO on to talk. Uh if you want to yes, scroll back, you can definitely look it up uh and see um the interview with uh ride CEO. Yeah, we had the interview with the CEO of Steve, right? Of Rides. Yeah, they are legit. Yes. All right, one more. Come on. We got three. All right. Three. All right. All right. So let's do our fun little game, cash game. or trash. Would you take the ride? Yes or no? And why? We have Josh coming on. Josh, how you doing? Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. What's up, doing? Josh? What city? How long? Rochester, about two weeks, just started after the first of the year. I think like 160 something trips right now. Both platforms? Right down the streets. Uh, actually, I just signed up for Lyft today because of you guys. Thank you. Oh, nice. Hey, there you go. Right, right down yeah. the street. Did you get it? Did you get any of the snow? Uh, yeah, I was. It was pretty bad out there. Actually, I dropped off at the stadium out there by you yesterday, and it was surging near the stadium. But like, if you can't move two blocks in 45 minutes, how many fares can you really take? So yeah, I was kind of like why, there. that's why I avoid the stadium. I mean, going yeah. to the stadium and dropping people off in the in the morning is fine, but I'll right. avoid the place like the plague afterwards because the way it's designed, it's so hard to get in and out of there. Yeah, um, I dropped off and I was out. I came straight back for dinner. Yeah. Back to the game. Okay, we'll chit chat with you because let's see what you learn from us in two weeks. <laughs> yep. Let's see. Are right. you a CPU member or a CPU member? How you doing? Ooh. Doing good. Thank you. What's up? What city? How many trips? How many? I mean, how many years? Uh, about two years on Uber. A year on Lyft. 
And what and city part are you of the from? Boston market down on Cape Cod? Oh, good market, bro. Good market. Uh, All well, right, one of the Carlos, how you doing, yeah, Carlos? What's up, Carlos? Hello, walk. Hello. A uh, big you. fan of the show. Could you guys hear me? Yes. Yep. What are you driving? Uh, yeah, I've been watching you guys for like a year, year and a half since you guys started, and I uh, appreciate you guys. Uh, you know, doing what you do for the Uber drivers. I got over Thank fifteen thousand trips in LA County. Oh well, hey, uh, you got, we're gonna meet one of these days when I'm at LA. Yeah, I know, bro. LA? Sherman Oaks, North Hollywood. I know all that. You know, I know your area too. Okay, cool. We're definitely gonna hook up. Send me an email, Sergio at the right All right, all right, right let's play the game. Yep, we're gonna show uh, Carlos. You might want to uh, stop driving just so then you. Yeah, can, I'm pulling uh, over right now. <laughs> yeah, we don't want you, you driving. Are you driving a Tesla? Uh, yeah, Carlos, rental. Oh, yeah, you are. All right. It's a Tesla rental. Oh, uh, you know what? I definitely want you to email me now. I want to I want to see what you're doing out there. Sergio at the right share guy dot com. Um, all right. So we have a We have a newbie. We have a two year kind of driver and then we have a veteran. So let's see what happens. That's cool. Awesome. So, yeah, as it goes, I'm going to show you the screenshot. Uh, I think they're all, no, one's Lyft. Two are, uh, no, wait. Yeah, one's Uber, one's Lyft, and one's Uber. Okay, so Uber, 10 seconds. Lyft is 15 that you'll get. Uh, we're going to go in order. So Josh, the beard, and then Carlos, uh, cash, trash, why? And then uh, we'll have our chats find out the re find out who the winner is, and uh, you guys can win $25. Um Get ready for the first one right now. I'm getting good ones. All right, cash or trash? Josh, what would you say? Uh, I'm probably going to trash it just because of where it's going to take me. It's going to be well outside my area. I'll be deadheading back. And that's okay. like even farther than Buffalo or Syracuse, it's looking like. Okay. All right, beard, cash. Even if I did have it back, that's still decent money. Yep. Okay. And Carlos. Yeah, cash. Uh, if I were to live in LA, it's pretty much taking me home. Oh, really? Cool. All right. So, um, what was that? One seventy-five or one seventy-three for an hour and what? Forty-four. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, well, yeah, yeah, that's a good trip. Uh, anyway, not bad. I'm not gonna so one trash, two cash. All right, let's go. All there. right, our next one. See, that's worse than the than the first one. I would have took the first one over that. So but, see, I'll, I'll, I'll probably even take that. Okay. This is like a veteran, two week, two week veteran right here. All right. Trash, you're saying, Josh? Uh, yeah, I'm saying cash. Cash. Okay. How about you, Beard? Cash. Even though it's not as good as the first one, it's still a decent ride, even with okay. the deadhead back. Hundred bucks is a lot of money, bro. Okay. How about you, Carlos? Yeah, considering how LA County is right now, I'll take that. You know, it's, it's dry enough to take that. Yeah. Okay. So three caches on that one. 
Where do what, aim? They're all over the place. They're in your city too. Okay, so now last one. All right, one more. Ooh. Ooh. Oh. Um, trash, Josh. I'll trash that. You trash that? Okay. Why do you trash that? Uh, I, I was trying to get a good look at it, and I messed my screen up. But before I looked at it, I looked like it was like well over an hour for like sixty, right? Oh, we're gonna put it back up. You want to put it back up again? But maybe um, ten seconds, bro. <laughs> there it is. All right, ten more seconds. Oh yeah, it's like hour twenty. I don't know. Yeah. Depending on where it was, I would probably take it. Oh, you know. Okay. Cash um, it. Beard. That'd be cash. Okay. Again, beard. It's good yeah. enough. Even if I deadhead it back, I'd still be making some money. Yeah. Okay. All right. And Carlos, buddy. Yeah, I mean, times is hard. So I'm gonna cash that. Yeah, I mean, you're in a rental. You know what I mean? You gotta pay that rent. Those those hundred dollar <laughs> chips help that rent. Hey, autopilot. Yeah. Oh, you have autopilot <laughs> yep. in it too. Oh, even better. Man. Yeah. Is that the Hertz deal? You have a Hertz deal? Yeah, it's the Hertz rental. And it has is autopilot. It this is uh, the Hertz car. Damn, bro. Yeah, it's autopilot, yeah. not full self driving. There's a difference. Oh yeah. Oh, you mean to keep it in the lane and brake assist and stuff? I got you. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So you guys had um the three trips, and who won, buddy? Uh well, talk talk to him for a couple of oh, minutes. Okay, so let's talk about. It. So we can have well, our audience. Carlos, let me hit you up okay. real quick. How how do you like the Hertz rental? How long you've had the Hertz rental? Uh, believe it or not, I was the first one to uh, take out the Hertz rental in October 2021, and uh, I've been doing it ever since. I've I've been renting since 2021. Same, I've been through like six Teslas. Too. Nah, oh, shit. I've been through six of them. Okay, are you? I mean, is, I mean, I I'm, I'm assuming you're a full time driver. Yeah, full time. I also have a part time job at Del Taco. Okay. How many hours a week you're pumping in there? 50? For Uber? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 50. About. 50. And, you're, and you're, your monthly is what on that hertz? Like 500 bucks, including charging, insurance, everything? Nah, you know what's funny? So I don't do the insurance. I don't do the roadside assistance. I have the smallest battery. I'm paying, and then I live next door to a supercharger that is the cheapest charger. I pay 395 wow. a week. Everything in? Everything in 395, including with charging. Wow, that's pretty good. How many? How many? I got lucky. Hundred trips a week. Uh, it depends. Sometimes I like minimum, like I do sixty. But then again, I have another job that I, I just ask more hours for. Okay. But uh, yeah, so like I try to do mi mi minimum sixty. So so the rental. You're getting the dollar out. Yeah, that's a, okay. Cool. I mean, three ninety five is a good deal. Uh, I got beard. Lucky, yeah from boston how's the market i mean we have a lot of people in boston market's pretty good in boston no in boston itself yes uh down yeah. here on the cape it's kind of the dead season so okay. if i want to make any decent money yeah, um, you gotta go. it's slow down here it's an hour 20 up into boston but even with that uh, dead time it can pull in some pretty good money what kind of car do you drive 
2018 Honda CRV. Perfect car. Um, good mileage, dependable. You know, I average maybe. about 34 miles to the gallon, putting around. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, if I'm out on the highway, I can get 40, 41. Are you full time or part time driving? Uh, technically part time. My daytime job has me as okay. a designer yeah. and programmer. Awesome. Awesome. And Josh, the newbie. Yeah. Okay. You sound like a veteran. You don't sound like a two-week driver, bro. <laughs> well, yeah. I was like even reconsidering my answer uh, after that first one because I was like, even that Buffalo trip was, I think, uh, like 90 something for about an hour to the stadium. And I mean, they ended up paying me more than that for how long it took me to get out of there and stuff. But so I mean, I don't know Buffalo. Look, I don't know Buffalo Stadium, but my my tip always for picking up at events. I mean, you're saying it's not surging. Do, are, do they have like designated pickup areas that they pay you more? Uh, I like never more? even got close to there. Like they were like, just let us out and end it, you know. Yeah, I mean, well, just stay in the Right, yeah. Like I, I brought them yeah. from Rochester all the way out there. Yeah, okay. so basically he was coming in the early afternoon before the game started to drop them off, probably right. the tailgate. Um, yep. So going, going to the stadium pre, so we it's basically on... Uh, like four, it, it, there's four crossroads. It's Abbott, uh, Abbott 20A, and Big Tree, and yeah. you know, Southwestern, and um, California. Uh, so it, it, there's not a lot of roads co- going into it. So they they'll actually shut the traffic down um, when you're going to pick somebody up. Yes, there is a pickup lot. The problem is if you're coming from anywhere else around the stadium, you have to go all the way around in order to try to get there because they'll shut down all the traffic going out of the stadium to people coming in. So you have to go all the way around in order to just get, just to get there. Um, So that's a real nightmare within itself. Then trying to get to the pickup lot, get the people and then leave when you're in the same traffic as everybody else. It's an absolute nightmare. It's not compared to other cities. Uh, and the way that they have theirs set up. So, and, you know, they're putting the new stadium literally across the street from uh, the old stadium on Abbott. So it's not really much of a difference when it comes to how traffic pattern is. But um, when it comes to that place, oh, it's a nightmare um, trying to do that. When you pick up from the Sabres, uh, HSBC, uh, or Key Bank Center now, um, it's not that hard. It's, it's actually quite easy because there's a way, if you go that particular way, you get right to the pickup area and then you can get right on the highway. And that's usually most of them. Sometimes they'll go downtown though for, for bars, but yeah, when it comes to like those bigger events, um, that's why I just stay away from picking up people on Sunday afternoon or after a game. Cause it's just an absolute nightmare unless um, you know, you're, you're hurting and they don't really offer anything extra compared to, you know, $20 surge or something. My thing was, I don't really know. They said that it added for, you know, the amount of time that I was just sitting there and multiple times that they, that even Uber called me to make sure that we're okay and not broke down and yeah. stuff. Um, yeah. It doesn't really, uh, how do you know how much, as far as time, like, what do they add? I don't really understand there. Yeah. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're not really going to, um, right. I don't know how, uh, how, I mean, depending on the time that you went to drop them off. Um, and when you were actually getting there, depending on what road you took. Uh, I mean, you probably shouldn't have ran into too much traffic actually like right around the stadium. Cause most people are just yeah. getting there, but this one was a little different because they had half the parking at the mall that's down the down and they were busing people over. 
oh, um, right. because the way that all the snow fell that they weren't able to get all the lots open um so it, it was a very unique uh game when it came down to how they were operating and everything so that was probably a lot different too where they were probably um busting off traffic differently so this game uh, honestly going to the stadium i'm not sure all right who won the 25 bucks all right let's end that poll right now we have our winner of uh, hold on <laughs> that better be me damn <laughs> <In the rental. laughs> i need everything right now uh is carlos it, is, is our it? winner 40 percent yeah congratulations carlos beard and carlos all right thank uh, you guys thank you guys I, I, are you right. seeing what I'm seeing out there, Carlos? Are you seeing what What's I'm up? seeing out there? That is dead as doornail out there. It's like too many. Yeah. yeah. I'm in Pomona. Yeah, it's dry. Wow. It's dry, man. What do we do? I don't know what to do. There's not much you do. You just take everything, bro. You're in a rental. You got to drive. You don't care mileage. You don't care about any of that. You just take it all and let it let the app take you where it's going to take you. And that's the only way you're going to make money. And when it surges yeah. at night, if you drive drunk hours, cherry pick the fuck out of it. Otherwise, you're gonna take, 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 take. There's not much you can do. Yeah. All right, Josh, thanks for coming on. We appreciate right, Josh, it. Thank you. Thank you. Congratulations. Or no money. Um <laughs> uh, no worries in a rental. Yep, Roxy. How are you, Roxy? How's your horse? <laughs> you know Roxy what? I, I think I think what we need to do, we, we should have uh uh, Carlos on a, a BTW talking about renting a Tesla. I thought about it, you know, original record, renting for two years, three years almost, yeah. two and a half years. Yeah. And I mean, hey, it, it's working for him, so uh, it might be, I mean, there is definitely a break-even point, it just it depends on how you hit it and how you fit it. 60 um, trips is know. not that much. I was thinking he's going. He's doing like 150 trips a week. 60 trips is not that hmm. much, bro. You know? Yeah. Especially if you get those $3.62. and <laughs> Either way, I think uh, I think that would probably be a pretty good uh, behind the wheel when it comes down to it. And then, I mean, Hertz I so. is uh, Hertz is getting rid of their Teslas. Actually, yeah, that's the next segment. Okay, that there are some crazy about. good deals out there, bro. There are some crazy good deals right now. I mean, look, the mileage obviously is going to be high on these things. But well, here's the thing: would you take? Would you want a? Let's see. This is ninety-five thousand miles for twenty-two thousand dollars for a Tesla Model Three base sedan. Would you pay, would you honestly pay 22K for something that's got 95,000 miles on it? I wouldn't. That well, doesn't make financial that, sense. It, to me. That, that, that may not include the, you know, the incentives. Okay. That may not include the, because some model uh, threes get half the incentive now. Still, you got 100,000 miles on the car almost already. And yeah, but still for, for electric engine, no big deal. Well, you know, I'm I'm just talking about the mileage in general. I I, I don't oh, I know. Me that it's me that uh, it, it doesn't work. Uh, in Even, I mean, in, in you got forty two thousand. Here you go. You got a, a Model Y long range. Yeah. Or is that thirty thousand? I think for forty two thousand miles. Now that one is a little bit more doable. Model but, Y. I mean, yeah. even even the new, you could get a twenty three or twenty four Model Y at this point long range, for you know. I'm assuming this is coming from California. These particular screenshots Most with the incentives and everything, you could probably get it for you know forty five thousand at this point or so, or right around there. I mean, yeah. 
well granted you don't really want to go new but you know you get the you got you got to figure out the costs associated with everything i mean these yeah. these prices are a little too high for me i think um, I think you would, with all the incentives you have now, uh, you can get a Model Y, maybe even uh, under forty grand. Um, you know, you know, uh, you know. Well, EV money, okay. Gabe did not buy the Tesla. You know that, right? He said he did. What the hell? Now he switched. He switched. Oh, you know boy. what he bought? You know what he bought? Let me guess. Another Bolt. No. Oh, we got another Buffalo. Hey David. He bought a he bought an Ionic five. Oh, did he? Oh yeah. Yeah. And I'm gonna, you know, I, I gotta email him after or text him after and be like, why'd you switch? <laughs> no, he quit because because he 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 got the car for like song and a dance, bro. I mean they gave him so many discounts. <laughs> it was like it was like Tesla was gonna cost me six hundred a month on a five year loan. This one he got for three hundred a month on a five year loan. I mean, hello. Well, <laughs> Come on. I mean, yeah. The the only difference is you can't put you can't make that black and and sign up for Lux Black or I don't, Uber think, black. I don't think he bought it for that anyway. But you know, I mean, no, he look, did it. And... <laughs> well, he can, he he's gonna do the lift, you know, hundred and fifty because he's grandfathered in fifty four one fifty. I yeah. mean, you know, well, right there is half to half to. Here's the thing: is he grandfathered in, or is the car grandfathered in? So if he puts a new car, is he going to be able to be reflective of that hundred fifty, or is it going to drop down to eighty? Good question, but we'll have to ask him that. But uh, I'm pretty sure, as a driver, your grandfather then. I don't think the car matters, but uh, we'll find I, out. I, I would probably base it on the car because oh, you got a new EV. Well, yeah. that that doesn't qualify anymore because yeah. you're putting a new car in. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if they played that game. No, I mean there are some good deals out there, but you know that twenty-two thousand, ninety thousand mile Model Three probably will. With the twenty five hundred uh, first time buyer discount and the other discount, you, can, you may get that like for fifteen and a half, sixteen grand for an EV. That's not bad. Teslas are good. Like Kyle Wezum was here. He's got one hundred and ten thousand miles on his twenty twenty one uh, Model Y. He, all he did was change tires once or twice, I think. Uh, no brake jobs, nothing. Oh yeah, no, but, no, no. I mean, I'm not saying, I'm not saying, but to, to fork over twenty two with a hundred thousand miles, that's that's a lot. Yeah, but if you get That's the discounts, lot. maybe I don't know. But uh, yeah, um, because Honda is getting, yeah, they are giving 70, they gave him 7,500 cash because they fell out of the 7,500 tax credit, but he got more discounts on top of that. So yeah, um, California's know, got yeah. quite a bit going on there, yeah. but uh, uh, yeah, I mean, hey, if you're looking for a, a used Tesla right now, that might be a good spot to go because Hertz is uh selling off their, their inventory right now and uh. Yeah. <laughs> other gig roxy what do you have what do you have going again roxy oh uh, roxy has always some shit happening <laughs> all right so we got a couple things left maybe, and then... maybe i'll buy a second car and I'll, I'll get a tesla so who knows maybe, maybe. Roxy, you gotta let me know yeah. let me know uh, let me know <laughs> all right let's uh let's go on let's talk about some uh um well, more yeah, this is the this is what i was like i was interested in what carlos is doing right um huh. um estimated gross earnings if you'd gross 721 dollars weekly total cost is 375 pretty similar to carlos's 399 and charging cost 61 so he's this is like 430 if you rent a car and only if you gross to 721 your uh estimated weekly take home is going to be like 300 i mean 
rentals i am not sure man i am not sure if you're not driving 50 60 hours a week i don't think rentals make sense at all uh i think you got to figure out the grip the break-even point first because if you're going to be driving over that break-even point on a regular basis then yeah it's going to absolutely make sense to rent but if you're going to be kind of like up and down and left and right you know it it might not um and then or it might be at certain times and you got to play that I think the reality is you have to do the math in order to figure out if renting is going to make financial sense for you or not. It absolutely will if you are driving enough. And yeah, if you're doing it full time, if you're doing a lot, I think renting is a smart way because you don't have to worry about the car and you're not putting all the miles on your car. You're not running depreciation on your car. You're not having to put the maintenance, the everything that's going to be on the person who you're renting through. The only problem is you don't want to be limited to just Uber yeah. or just Lyft. And well, we're looking, I mean, you know, we're I'm, looking, if I'm uh, going to rent, if I'm going to rent it's going to be through Uber only because of the fact that you have more options available to you. So you could do Uber Eats, you could do package, you could do all the different things that Uber has versus just ride share. So it gives we're you a little bit more. A, okay, would you for the same price if there was a car like a you know electric EV like Tesla three or Y, and you would be able to do all apps including doordash you want everything would you go for that for the same price because there is a company out there now they're coming around doing it called drive whip mm, and a lot of people actually are renting in florida through drive whip and in maryland and in dc so they're coming i mean to the that, that would be right there would be a lot smarter of an idea because that opens you up to be able to do yeah, all the different everything. ways that you're you're already doing so everything, if that's yeah. the, the option that's available and you have both on the table, you're going to go to the one that has less restrictions because you're going to open your yourself up to more possibilities of earning money. Yeah. Well, I, I, um, and then yeah, you're, you're also not going to be docked it. on Lyft for the, the percentage down on the pay. You're not going to be docked off that. You're not, there, there's a lot of smart decisions to, to be able to do that versus something else. So, uh, I, uh, you know, I, I hope that they expand further. Yeah, well, we're talking, that. we're actually, I just sent it to Harry. Harry goes like, really? I'm like, yeah. So we're trying to get a hold of the CEO and hopefully uh, talk to him. Um, nice. I think, I, I mean, I would do it. If, if you're giving me Lyft, Uber, everything else, I'm like, yeah, I'll take your car as opposed to the other car. Yeah, so, that's so. That's a smarter way to go. And then that hurt, might you know, even hurts. Drop. The 360 hertz pulled on this deal, right? You know, we're all going I, EVs. They go like, oh, nope, nope. Nope, but these these the Uber drivers are killing our cars. <laughs> and then they go, 360, we're going to buy ICE vehicles now because these Uber drivers are absolutely killing our cars, bro. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that was well, a bad decision. <laughs> you know, actually, a lot of it had to do with the pricing structure of, of Tesla. So they dropped their their pricing, yeah. um, and that, that had a lot to do with, with it. Yeah. <clears throat> so that was part of the, the reason why they're selling so much is because of that. The pricing yeah. structure was different. Yeah, there they were a lot of Tesla owners dead at the superchargers <laughs> because of the cold. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that's the whole thing. Like, that to me, that's the biggest reason why I would not get an EV right now is because... Yeah, not where you are, bro. Eight foot of snow. Come on, bro. <laughs> no. no, you know what? My pilot, ooh, that thing, you know, all-wheel drive. It's is got it a all-wheel drive? Turns. Oh, yeah. You yeah got oh, it, dude, I... I bought when I bought my Jeep, I bought it with all-wheel drive in mind. Like that's why yeah. I got an SUV. I wanted something bigger. And then, you know, it was at the time where it's like, oh, you know, if I settle down, have a family, I want to have 
you know, something that's why I went with the pilot because I wanted something that was as big as my Grand Cherokee. Um, and then, you know, this came uh, when we went out and it's got a little bit more room for the kids. Uh, it's actually got the third row. So that's why now I can do XL, which is even better. And, uh, you know, you get comfort and those different ones. But yeah, I mean, you get that, that ground clearance is so much yeah. better. Uh, you know, I was driving six, seven inches of snow on the ground and she was pulling like a champ. I mean, she wasn't slipping, she wasn't turning, nothing. And, you know, you get a lot of cars that'll be out there. They're pushing the snow on the bottom and uh, they're they're not able to, to move the way, you know, a larger vehicle can. So I like it. Yeah. No, I'm glad. And uh, Michelle, email address, Sergio at the rideshareguy.com. Yeah, Amina Gill is the head of support there. Um, um, I know her. So, I mean, look, don't expect me to do any miracles. I can't do anything about reactivations. Please don't send me emails, but we'll take a look. Sergio at the rideshareguy.com. So there you go. Yep. Um, what else? Right. Uh, we got a couple of funnies and we're done. But look, we're running, bro, five hours, two hours and 20 minutes. Okay, the Oof. fakes are back. Fakes are back. You guys, you guys thought I forgot about that Uber Lyft? No, 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 no. I, I didn't just, know what happened last week. I'm like, what the I, hell? I just, I just skipped my brain, bro. I, I have so many. So, <laughs> uh, G, well, this is like a, uh, this is like a bingo. G18. <laughs> G one eight zero two one two. It sounds like a Google code. It sounds like do not give this code out to anybody because yeah, uh, Yeah, this is my password for my bank account. Sounds like it's your Google code. So if I have your email address, I might be able to get your password. (laughs) Uh, Did you think about? Yes. Do not share the six-digit code with anybody. Sergio, did you ever That's think that serial number? Yes, of course. Did I ever think? No, I know. <laughs> the the ones that favor us, they always immediately get the money back. The ones that favors them, they never catch it until we catch it, and then they look at it. Of course. What do you think? I'm born yesterday. Um, and the other one, Bender. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going off a of Bender. I'm like, I don't know about that passenger. Hey, and Bender, I mean, hey, hey. I think we had a bender on here already, if I, I'm not mistaken, a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? We were talking about Futurama bender. Uh-huh. Um, okay. It could be a nickname, so that that could be potentially. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you that one for bender. That that's really? okay. It's but okay. G one eighty two one two. I mean, are you in? What is that? Is that, uh, is that her uh, bank account number? I don't know. Or bank account passcode? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, okay, my freaking light died. Okay, um, okay, we're running over, Chris. I gotta go. Um, yep. Here's the same deal. here. I, I have, I'm not going like anywhere. I gotta go to the bathroom. Um, same here. <laughs> next week, please come back. Malda, Minnesota Uber Lyft Drivers Association. They have a huge vote coming up on the 31st in the city council. We all need to support these people because if they pass this. Our Joe and all the Minneapolis, city of Minneapolis drivers are going to get boku boku rates in their city. Buck 40 and 35. Okay, one, two, um, please, show, link in the show notes, go read Len Sherman's article. Post it everywhere, share it everywhere. It's an amazing article. It came out because of you guys. All your screenshots are in there, proving that this upfront fares needs to disappear ASAP or or overhaul this it's not working out and other than that um thank you for watching much appreciated and that's it
Yep. Thumbs and, up. Uh, three, just thumbs up. Yeah. Thumbs up. Stay tuned for Crossfire. It will be coming between uh, Sergio and Harry. Uh, you don't want to miss the back yeah, and forth banter between the two of them. If you're following Sergio Harry on Twitter, well, now X, Harry, uh, you may see some of the Twitter battles or X battles at this point. I think we're going to have to call it X battle um, at this point. So, yes, make sure you stay tuned for that. Uh, make sure you subscribe and turn on notifications. Again, if you want more content from the Rideshare Guy, uh, there is the free newsletter. And if you want some uh, uh, perks and help support the show, uh, remember, you can always become a member for the show. Uh, our our special monthly live stream between Sergio and myself, where it's going to be a little more laid back, a little bit more fun, and probably get into a few things that may not be able to be said on the uh, mainstream. Uh, you might want to make sure you're on there and uh, uh, check that out. That'll probably be happening uh, sometime next week. We'll make an announcement on the community tab for our uh, members there so they know and then we'll talk about it next week as well um, with that being said go bills kick some ass beat kc in home i uh, can't wait for that i actually might be going to the game so uh, we'll see what happens there and uh yeah. um you know we don't want to end on a on a on a on a low note but um yeah, low note no go bills uh, no, 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 low note. no low note <laughs> Next, join tune in next week. Literally, seriously, it's an eye opener how these people fought and beat Uber and Lyft at their game, and you know, changed the city council, and now they're going to hopefully get their higher rates like Seattle. Good for you guys. And uh, next week, we'll see you next week. Thumbs up, please. Adios. Yep. That like.